and welcome to episode 23 of the Cage Fight Podcast. We're back to prime numbers. And um, Michael Jordan, baby. Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. That was a way better reference than a prime <laughs> number. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike, Anthony go. Davis, pre-2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sterling Brown, <laughs> I think it's the most important. Absolutely. Uh, you, said, you said Prime, right? Uh, yeah, Prime. Here's the thing. You um, watch Primal? Yeah, we watched Primal. <laughs> and uh, imagine Optimus Prime, but he was in a, like, a funk metal band, Optimus Primus. Dude, <laughs> be, what if Optimus Prime was like, we have to get the Autobots together to sing Too Many Puppies <laughs> or something? <laughs> We gotta sing the fucking sailing the the, the <laughs> Autobots, why known as Big Brown Beaver, is inbound. Now, now, Optimus Prime, if he views himself as being like half truck, he's Optimus Prime. But if he views himself as being half robot, then he's Pessimus Prime. I don't know. This is a bad joke. <laughs> now that was solid. I felt it coming, but it was good. Uh, imagine Lost Claypool, but he can turn into various vehicles. <laughs> A little uh, less Claypool RC car. <laughs> well, less. I'm. I think I'm. I'm thinking more Claypool. <laughs> oh. And that's been our show. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, so th- this episode we're talking about the movies Kick-Ass and uh, returning favorite, Zandali. <laughs> Definitely returning favorite, let me tell you. Yes, oh, Zandali, yeah. which beat out uh, Left Behind in episode five, which uh, knowing how good Left Behind is, you can yes. get an impression of how good Zandali Next is. Next thing, we all got left behind. We let it all slip away. <laughs> and uh, I uh, really uh, left behind every memory of that fucking trash movie. Um, <laughs> well, Jess's cat left behind a big turd a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And I think it's still here. I don't smell it anymore, but I feel its presence. <laughs> I All right, fuck that off. That was better than the movie Left Behind. <laughs> yeah, it was, frankly. But um, oh yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Jess. My I'm name is Taylor, and I'm cool as fuck. I'm Mike. I accidentally cut off Taylor for a second. I'm really sorry. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's the nicest you've ever been to me. <laughs> and up on the boards, we got. Fuck y'all. All right, yeah. he's just going to start it off with immediate hostility, then I, I don't know why I felt the need to reach out with an olive branch like that. But yeah, I guess <laughs> we can change the name of this podcast to Dave Fight, basically. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm Dave. There we go. You wow. push me That's... away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have a guest this week, uh, so we're back to the, the normal cage fight experience where it's just us fucking idiots rambling about... Yeah, we, mostly 9/11. <laughs> Brian Singer. <laughs> we we tried to get a guest, but um, everybody uh, who looks up Zandali on Wikipedia doesn't want to watch it. And we got to a point where we're just kind of like hanging outside of Walmart, asking people if they wanted to come on, and nobody was really receptive. So yeah, it's like, listen, don't you want to watch? Don't you want to see a movie where Nick Cage and Judge Reinhold just both rail this girl, and their assholes are showing all the time? They're Wait, like, no, no. I think the I'm, problem here is Judge Reinhold does not do that. No, hey. Let's not spoil it. Let's talk about the movie at hand. No, no, no. We've already spoiled this. Uh, it's it, it, we had a whole episode about it. Hey, not everyone has listened to that episode. Okay, that's true. I certainly haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't since I edited it. But I guess if we're gonna kick things off, we should start with Kick Ass first, since we haven't covered it. It's fresh new ground. So Kick Ass came out in 2010. It's rated R and was directed by Matthew Vaughn, uh, produced by Marv Films. And Plan B Entertainment. 
Yeah, Which the, uh, I probably should have produced Xandalee, I guess. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Plan B Entertainment should have been very, you know, fucking supple on the set of Xandalee. <laughs> When Zandali was in post-production, or as I like to call it, the third trimester, um, <laughs> it should have been stopped. <laughs> should have been aborted. Yeah, yeah. late term. Late, so. late term of abor- partial birth abortion. Oh, I think God. Um, Runtime of 117 minutes on Kick-Ass, a budget of $30 million, and uh, anyone want to guess the box office gross? I'm going to guess $123 million. Oh, I was actually going to say 121, but you know what? I'll stick with 121 because Price is Right rules might help me here. Well, you both went over. Fuck. 96.2 million. Uh, So no winners this time. Uh, I will be keeping track of this. And then at the end of the podcast, whoever has the most, I'm going to give you my old dishwasher and I'm going to buy it. Yeah. That's a good gift, dude. I need to start coming up with actual guesses because I don't have a dishwasher. Well, I have to get a new one because it's broken. So you said that's another movie in the... This is a movie in the black, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you reminding me of the things I'm supposed to do as a host. <laughs> so you. out of 41 no, I was just now. curious. That's a solid, slightly over a third. Yeah, so. that's, that's pretty good if you ask me. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes has got a 76% on the tomato meter, 81% audience rating. So this oh. is quite well liked by, by uh, audiences um, and, and very well liked by critics, actually. Yeah. Critics Everybody, liked this a lot more than I was expecting them to for some reason. I expect them to be more snooty, I suppose. But Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't remember how the, the critics received Scott Pilgrim, but it has like a similar vibe to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And it was like, I think four months before Scott Pilgrim came out. This movie does have a very Scott Pilgrim element to it. I mean, they're both like, they're basically like comic book slash superhero movies. Yeah, and they also reference Scott Pilgrim in this. Yeah, they really do. do. I forgot about Um, that. That um, kind of fucked me up. Because I'm just like, wait, did this movie come out first or did Scott, like, but you said this movie came out before Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I think a a few months beforehand. Um, But yeah, I I do remember back in high school, this and Scott Pilgrim being two movies that like ton of the kids I knew were super into. Everyone in high school talked about Kick-Ass and Scott Pilgrim a lot. And I actually actually never seen Kick-Ass until literally a couple days ago to review. I have seen both Kick-Ass and Scott Pilgrim many, many times, but not in many, many years, actually. So, All right. Oh, not many, many. It's been been like eight years since, Jesus Christ. Frankly, it's because you fucking grew up. Yeah. <laughs> grew old and ragged yeah, and now was... you just don't have the fucking patience or the nostalgia for these things from when you were a child look i'm so getting again. back into my my emo days so like <laughs> i've got what a better time to get back into emo than 2020 let me tell you hell yeah i mean everything's sad so why not <laughs> <laughs> world sucks folks you know like um, yeah, this was my first time watching it since I saw it in the theater. So oh, wow. it's oh, been shit. ten years since All the last right. time I watched it and did not enjoy it. Uh, but you know what? You mean you didn't enjoy Wait, it back did, then? I or didn't now? enjoy it back then. I'll save my thoughts uh, <laughs> okay. for how I felt about it this time around. Well, last thing is that back in the day, Mike was a pretentious dick, and now he's. Uh, Okay, I'm, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait to your opinions on no, that. No, yeah, uh, I'm still a pretentious dick. But, but yeah, if anything, I've known him my whole life, and he's only gotten more pretentious with age. Okay, no, I, I fuck with that. Oh, absolutely. I can, accept, I can accept that. Um, well, that's the only way to be, right? But in, in my I, defense, I saw this movie on a first date in high school, and so I was just, uh, you know... Trying to figure out how to do the yawn and arm move. Yeah, uh, and, and you you had did you have the whole uh, cut in the bag of the popcorn already at that point? No, I, see that was my mistake. 
is I, I should have went in the theater beforehand or brought my own bag. So I'm sitting there in the theater, um, and I'm trying to poke a hole through the soggy bottom, but it wasn't working. Um, and so take out my pocket knife, um, I cut my dick. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> well, I saw this movie in the theater, I think, for the first time, too, also. And, yeah, I don't know. I think I was on a, I was there with, like, three other friends, and two of them were dating. So I, I was like that kid that's later in the movie when everyone's making out, and you're just sitting there. Just reading a comic book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I, I actually saw this movie in a porn theater in 40 seconds. No, I'm, I'm thinking of Zandali. <laughs> Never mind. Wrong, wrong movie we were talking about. I mean, very easy to mix up the movies because they're both so sexy. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about sexy female characters. <laughs> Although, wait, I did see this with a girlfriend later just on the couch once and then... And you fucked? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't kiss and tell, boy, but we fucked. Um, no. <laughs> Let me tell you wait, listen, we don't kiss and tell, but we fucking tell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's all I have for, for general overview facts. You got got any trivia, Mike? Um, well, I got, some, I got some fun info here. So, so the director, uh, Matthew Vaughn, also directed uh, the Kingsman movies, which I'm a huge fan of. The first Kingsman is incredible. I haven't, I haven't seen the second, but the first Kingsman is a really good movie, uh, especially the, if you're into like the campy Bond movies. And yeah, and it's like it's like what I want James Bond to be because it's like wild fight scenes with espionage and mm-hmm. cute boys. <laughs> um, and so, so he uh, directed those as well as X-Men First Class, and he has a story by credit on X-Men Days of Future Past, directed by none other than Brian Singer. Brian Singer! Oh. He has written a Brian Singer movie, Matthew Vaughn has. And then he wrote this movie directed towards teenagers, probably at the behest of Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah. gun to his head, really. Um, by, by Hit Girl. <laughs> yeah, Hit Girl, um, who um, is who acts the way that she does because she was traumatized by Brian. Never mind, I'm not. Yeah, Brian go Singer. On Brian Singer has said in the past that if he had to choose one girl, it would be uh, Hit Girl, circa 2010. <laughs> um, so, uh, so some trivia for you. Um, after being uh, rejected by every studio they approached, um, they raised the budget at a dinner party uh, and ended up making the movie independently. Um, and oh wow. Ultimately, uh, ultimately sold it to Universal for more than they had originally asked them for. But uh, before ending up at Lionsgate, uh, the producers gave them an ultimatum, basically uh, saying that either take Hit Girl out or make her 19. Oh, uh, oh that's ridiculous, dude. If that she takes was 19, away like all of the charm of this movie. Yeah, I if she was like. 19, like what type of people our age would have jerked off to her back then? Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> also, uh, um, not to get too deep uh, into my thoughts already, but Hit Girl is the best character in this movie, and if they would have taken her out, um, I would uh, shoot somebody in the head in Aurora. Nicolas Cage modeled his speech mannerisms as Big Daddy on the original Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, which oh, I did... What? Yeah. How? Um, what? What? <laughs> He can't. He, he can't do impressions, and he can't do accents either. What the fuck? So apparently, during the the cost the costume fitting, he was like trying to work up an Adam West impression, um, and basically, uh, Vaughn was just happy to have anything that wasn't Christian Bale's gravel voice yes. from The Dark Knight. That's okay, no, good. fuck uh, it. Never mind. I I will accept that. But the Adam West impression, I know. 
I will say I do really like the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Or I did. I haven't watched them in a very long They're time. They're still really good, honestly. But, but the Christian Bale Batman voice is so fucking stupid and annoying. Well, you know, like it when it goes like this. He sounds like Cookie Monster vocals from a death metal bear in the weird 90s. <laughs> See that that really fit there. But yeah, that um I don't know. He's fucking rich as fuck. Why didn't he get like some sort of like voice modulator he could put in his mouth? Because that's not fucking cool. That's no, why. And his okay. voice in the fucking Batman, Christopher Nolan Batman movies is fucking cool. Yeah, and he also Come wanted on. to distract from how fucking stupid Tom Hardy sounded as Bane. You think you're safe right now? Let me tell you, my accent is very stupid. <laughs> you have diarrhea in your pants. I was born in it. Um, that's all I got. Um, I watched well, Zendley and I came a lot. <laughs> uh, let's. What else do I got here? Daniel Craig and Mark Wahlberg were considered for the role of Big Daddy uh, before whoa, Nicolas Cage whoa, was whoa, cast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is a fucking awful casting like choice. Absolutely. Yeah, Daniel Craig would be fucking strange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like love Daniel it. Craig, but not in this role. They should have yeah. gotten Pierce Brosnan instead. That would have been way better. <laughs> they should have got fucking Roger Moore's corpse. You know, actually, besides Knives <laughs> Out and the Bond movies, what what has Daniel Craig been in? Uh, he's in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, I never actually watched yeah, that. That's right, he was. Uh, Knives Out is fucking great, though. He's just, Knives Out is very good. I liked it a lot. Um, one of my it was a it was a top ten of last year. We well, talk about Scott Pilgrim. You know what Knives Out should have been in that movie because Scott Pilgrim should not be grooming a seventeen year old. Oh. <laughs> Knives Chow yeah. nailed it. Nice. <laughs> um, but also the the role of Big Daddy was apparently uh, intended for Brad Pitt, who is good friends with Matthew Vaughn. Um, but All awful choices. Yeah, seriously. He, I, well, uh, for Mark Wahlberg would just be fucking terrible, and it's obvious. I feel like I don't have to discuss how no, terrible that is. That's don't. just obvious. It's awful. But, it, um, it, it would be, it's very interesting to think about how this movie would be remembered uh, in comparison to how it is now if fucking Mark Wahlberg was Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. And it's not even like Big Daddy's a, like, that, I mean, he's a major character, but... He's not central. Yeah, but well, if I mean, it was kinda, if it was Mark Wahlberg, it would be like... You you would have to fixate on just like, hey, I'm tra- I'm training my daughter to freaking shoot over here. You know he he would sound like what his role in the happening. No, no. <laughs> One of the greatest scenes in film history. They should have gotten Donnie Wahlberg instead. At least Donnie Wahlberg can act. Get one of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he apparently Brad Pitt only uh didn't end up as Big Daddy because uh, he chose to film Inglorious Bastards instead, which was a terrific choice. Yeah, yeah way, way better because choice. Because that movie's amazing. And, yeah, that uh, movie's great. And, and he's actually know, good I in think, it, though. I think yeah. both of these movies, both of those movies probably turned out better for that choice, yeah. honestly. But, 100%. Um, um, and then the last thing that I have is that the uh, rights to the film version uh, were actually sold before the comic book was even published really wait um, really i didn't yeah. know that i thought the comic book probably came out way like way before really uh can, can you check the date on when it came out i, I think it did come out well before, there uh but... kick-ass was released in like books uh, it wasn't okay. released in issue form gotcha uh, too so uh and this movie is based on kick-ass book one which came out in we're having technical difficulties she's just having a hard time uh i i've had like two details. drinks right now uh, <laughs> We, there's a lot of there's info on Wikipedia. Out, it, it, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, 
it, I'll cut it, it in and post. Fuck it. <laughs> isn't um, it. Wow, isn't that crazy when it came out? That yeah, is crazy it's when it did nuts, come out. Dude. Um, but... That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Kick-Ass Book 1 was released in February of 2008. Um, but... Sorry. The, the last part of that was that the, uh... The kick-ass's name, Dave Lazuski, uh, was chosen at a charity auction. Uh, the winner of the charity was able to pick the name of the main character, and he chose his own name instead of saying, like, what if you named him Buttfart Shithead? <laughs> so. And this kid probably is dying of cancer, and he just named after a kid who's dying of so cancer. So this was slightly before internet irony had affected the entirety of the current generation yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If, so this is where you I, had to be in the know to be doing stupid shit like if, that. If I had won the competition, I would have named him Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were really playing it fast and loose there. They could have ended up with a main character that was named, like, Stickle Fritz uh, Dick Taster or something. Like, <laughs> and then a character called Hitler Did Nothing Wrong Mountain Dew KFC. <laughs> Just uh, very risky on their part to... I mean, if it was naming a side character, maybe, but naming the main character... Uh, they would have named Hit Girl Squirtin' Granny or something. <laughs> Honestly... I think they should have named it would have been pretty funny if she was named Squirt and Granny. Uh, maybe not appropriate, but I mean less inappropriate than what Hit Girl does in this movie. Though. Yeah, I mean she's like an eight year old girl who like murders people and says cunts. Uh well not yeah. with a British accent, but uh, uh so uh, a plot summary for this movie. And I am gonna summarize things a little out of order is how they happen because the first part of the movie is kind of cutting between a lot of scenes that are establishing yeah. characters. So I just kind of lumped the character establishment together. But uh, the opening shot of this movie opens with a guy flying in a superhero suit and killing himself in the process. It's not kick-ass, it's some Armenian guy, but it is kind of funny. Wait, is this Armenian guy, really? Yes, he says that's some Armenian guy with a history of mental disorders. Oh, I don't remember that part of this really funny. Well, I mean, it makes sense, because, I mean, Armenian people are really, like, stupid, so it makes sense they, yeah, like, this whoa, is whoa, a, whoa, 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 this is a system of a town. <laughs> this <laughs> is a loving house. No, 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 no listen, this I is how the genocide started. They're, they're, they're one of the good ones, all right? Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, so, we meet Dave... Lazuski, who will go on to be the titular kick-ass. But, Played by? Um, oh. Aaron John. Aaron Carter? No. His name is... Rockovich. His name uh, Aaron, is Aaron My Name, so don't say his name because then you're going to fucking dox me. It's it's Aaron Johnson. I am No, not it's Aaron aware. something Johnson. He oh. was in Nocturnal Animals, which fucking was great. He was in the 2014 oh, yeah. Godzilla also. I remember when Aaron Taylor Johnson. It only says Aaron Johnson on the film credits. Well, it's really funny because I, I remember his seeing his name years <laughs> Sorry, ago, and I'm like, this bitch stole my fucking name? Piece <laughs> of shit. This <laughs> British piece of shit told, like, stole my name? Ugh, awful. Um, yeah, who has he been in other things? He was in uh, the Godzilla remake back Godzilla. in 2015. Wait, what uh, the fuck? That was him? Yeah, yeah, that was him, yeah. The Marine dude. Yeah, didn't he grow up and get rid of the Jufro? Yeah. Oh, holy yeah, he's shit. Jacked his shit now. <laughs> and also check out the movie Nocturnal Animals. Uh my girlfriend didn't like it, but uh she can suck my butt. So. Also check out the movie Aaron Brockovich, too. That's the it's, it's a really good movie. A voice is telling me in the, the, the heavens to tell everyone that Aaron Brockovich is a great movie. So. My only, the only memory I have of Aaron Brockovich is that it's like the one movie that my grandpa rented from Blockbuster for some reason. Um, and I saw him naked a bunch of times because uh, <laughs> we lived at his house. So, um. well, <laughs> did you look at Brian Singer? Like, 
I I've have. literally read two sentences and we're already off track, so I'm going to drag us <laughs> a little bit back. But uh, Kick-Ass Dave Lazuski, he narrates the film, at least in the early on portions and a lot of the later. But um, he's a nerdy high schooler who his early characterization is mostly that he does a lot of masturbating. Yeah, he fantasizes yeah. about his MILF teacher. Yeah. His... Which I know is another non sequitur, but fun fact, in real life, uh, Aaron who shall not be named, uh, is married to a woman who is 24 years older than him. He's 30. She's 54. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And they met when he was 18 and she was 42. Ooh. And fun fact, she also has monster jugs. And her yeah. name is Brianna Singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fun, yeah. Fun fact. Uh, that wasn't grooming, though. There was no grooming involved somehow. <laughs> No, so um, the fact that he jacks off to a MILF in this movie is really funny to me, considering how his actual real-life trajectory was. He's a real Ashton Kutcher. He's got, like, step-grandchildren. He's 30 years old. A weird <laughs> situation. Um, but uh, one day he's talking with his friends about why no one has become a superhero in real life while they're at the comic shop. And he, he like, points out that, you know, Batman has no powers. And they're all like, yeah, yeah but Batman is... He's, he's got the power of wealth and privilege, though. That's the difference. That's true. Yeah, and he Fucking, has a, Super deep line about how uh, how come villains are real but heroes aren't. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, one day Dave kind of orders a wetsuit online that looks like a, a super suit. Uh, it's like green and yellow, and just look at the fucking poster. And <laughs> he starts wearing it under his normal everyday clothes all the time. But we are also introduced to Chris D'Amico, or McLovin, as yeah. he will be referred to. No, uh, I, I refer to him as McLovin the entire movie yeah. in my notes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure... Um, uh, I'm sorry to that actor, but you think, are forever yeah, McLovin. Christopher no Mintz Plass is his real name, but we're yeah. going to call him McLovin. And I'm sure his life is completely ruined because of that, but I don't really care at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, honestly, he can go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking red mist-ass bitch. Hey, McLovin was in Role Models, too. Hey, it's a good movie. He's in some good movies, but, um, you but know... He can I'm, still fuck himself. I'm not going to do him the pleasure of referring to him by name. Well, yeah. his name is McLovin. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says it in the movie. He's from Hawaii or whatever. Yeah, yeah that was his real ID. He has yeah. like a, a real <laughs> name. You know, like Rihanna and exactly. Beyonce. It's kind of disrespectful to call him something else, but his name's McLovin, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, in this movie, McLovin is the son of mob boss Frank D'Amico. Uh, and the other kids don't know he's the son of a mob boss, really. He's just a rich kid who has no real friends. And uh, the mob that that McLovin's dad, Frank, uh, is the head of, is trying to figure out who keeps stealing all of their cocaine. And uh, they keep being told, essentially, that there's a guy in a suit who keeps showing up with a suit and a cape. And he keeps kicking all their asses and, like, taking the coke. But none of the mobsters are willing to believe this. And they keep torturing this fucking guy at the, the lumber store. And it's like, first off, they cut off his finger. And then, oh, they kill him. And, and then kill they him. kill a different guy afterwards by fucking, like, exploding him in an industrial microwave and yeah. shit. And so cool the, people. The, the guy whose, like, fingers they cut off, that was a really funny scene because they kept, like... Saying that it was Batman, but he kept saying, like, I didn't say it looked like Batman. Yeah, it's like, I never said anything about Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? You got attacked by Batman? And he's, he's got his fucking fingers in a like cutter. A, yeah, like a bolt cutter. Yeah, like a bolt cutter. <laughs> but yeah, scary um, shit. No matter how many people they kill, their coke just keeps getting stolen in their warehouse. And that's saying they cut off his pinky. I didn't realize this was the the yakuza. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> 
and also we are introduced to Nicolas Cage in a <laughs> in a scene where the first thing we see him do is shoot his daughter in the chest. Yes, shoot a adorable nine year old girl in the chest. Yeah, with uh, yeah, but she's wearing a bulletproof vest. So you're saying she was asking for it because what she's <laughs> wearing? Not, God damn it! Yes, a little girl was asking for it. That's what Brian Singer said in his deposition. <laughs> So Nicolas Cage and his daughter, who is played by Chloe Grace Moretz, um, they are a uh, like essentially like crime fighting team that go by uh, Big Daddy and Hit Girl, and they're basically real life superheroes. But they're not well known because they keep a low profile, like a superhero probably should. Yeah, yeah. Not, not like certain fuckwits in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're also, but they're also kind of superheroes with a specific mission to get revenge on this guy who killed. Oh yeah. Uh, Yes. Mommy. And yeah, they, they Well led, led to the situation that allowed her to commit suicide. Right. So uh basically Cage's backstory in this movie is that he was a cop that um like a drug enforcement cop or something like that. Yeah, and he was framed as a drug dealer by the big ba- mob boss man Frank D'Amico, uh McLovin's dad. Because the uh, New York Police Department in this movie, except for his friend, are all crooked. They're all crooked, just like real life. Just like fucking real life, yeah, and, yeah, um, exactly. I think they're all, they're pretty good. Yeah. So, is, is, well, the one thing we know about the... Look, they have no jurisdiction here. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I was gonna say, the, the one thing we know about the NYPD, they're all angels. Uh, yeah, they, they have a really hard job, so they sometimes they kill people. It's just a, the stress of the job. Mm-hmm. It's pretty stressful, you gotta admit. Yeah, I mean, I'd be killing people, too. Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, um, so he was framed as a drug dealer, and while he was in prison, his wife, who was pregnant with Hit Girl, their their daughter, uh, she kills herself with a drug overdose. But, um, but thankfully, they're able to save the save uh, Hit Girl just in time. Yeah, they save the daughter, and uh, Cage immediately begins to form a plan to get back at Frank, training himself and his daughter to be superheroes in the process, and to be yes. just super deadly fucking and, murder machines and one with of, any weapon known to humankind. One of Nick Cage's um, cop friends is nice enough to be, like, her her godfather uh, in the movie, and he's, like, the the only person who's willing to be like, nah, man, I know it was bullshit, but I'm a cop, so, of course, I can't really do anything to uh, talk bad about the police and be a whistleblower because, you know, that's and my heart. My job is really hard, man. I had to kill a black person today, and, you know, <laughs> dude, don't fucking judge my life and shit. You know, it was, it was one of those mm-hmm. type of things. Yeah, and you did say that... Um, um, Nicholas Cage's character started training uh, after the mom died, but he, as a cop, was actually trained to kill already. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah he, he was trained he, to unload on every person that just yeah, and like, including which, his you know, daughter. Yeah, I was gonna say dogs, you know, people, children. Yeah, I mean, he, this thing he used his daughter for target practice. He didn't even, even know she was wearing the vest. So. Even before she was born, he <laughs> was doing target practice on his pregnant wife. Yeah, he was making her put a, a, a Kevlar vest on her stomach and then just shooting her right in it. <laughs> Yeah, so those are all of our major players in this story. Moving into to Kick-Ass's story, Dave's story, not the Dave on the boards upstairs. Uh, this one is... What? Uh, like, relevant and good at what he... No, well, he, no neither of them is good oh, at what shit. they do. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jess is going to get uh, voice modulated in a second. You're going to pitch shift the fuck out of I'm sorry, you. Dave. I, you know, I'm just kidding. I love you. Oh, God. It's all right. You have... <laughs> You don't fuck with the Dave man. Okay, look. Well, what do you say? I said I'm sorry. I already said I was sorry, and I apologize. You know I'm sorry. How sorry? uh, Okay. Um. Yeah. So we were talking about abusing power, cops, Dave. uh, But yeah. So uh, Mr. Lazuski begins doing his physical training after school, and um, 
he's kind of like trying to train to jump between over buildings and rooftops, but he is way too cowardly to try that, and he knows he's not up to that physically up to snuff. But one day after his training, he sees two guys trying to break into a car, and he decides he's going to try and fucking stop them. Yes, two two racial stereotypes who have bullied him and his friends before. Oh, yeah. they bullied him and his friends before? I don't recall that. Yeah, yeah. there's a scene where oh, they steal their lunch the money and comic book them. money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just two racial stereotypes who are always hanging out in the same place, not getting arrested. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, he he's in his suit with his baton, and basically immediately when he tries to stop them, he gets stabbed and then wanders into the street and gets hit by a car. And that's common motif in this movie, that kick ass sucks ass. He can't do shit in this movie. He can't do yeah, a fucking he, thing. I mean, he can bust. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, he can bust and not like none other. Yeah. Um, to, to some hot milf titties. So. You should friends in real life too. <laughs> yeah, in real life. Yeah. But his fifty-four-year-old wife. <laughs> um. Apparently, after being patched up, his nerve endings are less sensitive, and he doesn't really feel pain anymore. Yeah, less sensitive in his dick. That's why you don't see him jack off. <laughs> Which I kind of thought would be a more major plot point. But it's kind of just brought up in one scene and then yeah, never really. Yeah. OK, again. so like an 18 year old who gets busted up so bad that he needs to have like plates put in every single bone in his body isn't moving around like kick ass does. Uh, I don't think he needed to have, I don't think he needed to have plates put in. It was just like his nerve endings weren't. Well, really they talked about anymore. him. He's like, I'm like Wolverine, I'm Wolverine now. And you see him with the X-ray and you see all the oh. plates on his legs and arms and stuff. So he's fucked up pretty bad. <laughs> and someone like that wouldn't have the same kind of mobility that your average teenager would have. Yeah. He later tries to save a guy from some people that are chasing him and, like, kicking his ass uh, while he's in his kick-ass costume. And uh, kick-ass gets his ass kicked, but he manages to stop them with his determination. And because the cops came by and the the people who were, like, beating this random dude's ass up were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. But And don't forget, people are filming this entire interaction. But in this whole process, he is filmed, and it ends up going viral. And now Kick-Ass is famous. And uh, we kind of fucking Craig Ferguson talk about him and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Craig Ferguson also uh, uses like a slur. Um, Yeah, he drops a nice little transphobic joke in Uh, there. um, And uh, it uh, was 2010, Jess. It was 2010. Yeah, that was the time when, you know, like the the minority that it was still okay to shit on was trans people. Uh, The minority um, it was? You mean it still is okay? Let's be honest You're thinking of Asian people. (laughs) See, I remember Craig uh, Craig Ferguson being one of the good ones uh, but it turns out actually uh, no so I, I thought Craig well, fucking even John Stewart Craig didn't shit, so. no he's not either well, mm-hmm. thing, you know, oh Craig Kilborn but yeah um, so he's on like Craig Ferguson and um, we see like Frank D'Amico and like uh, and McLovin watching it and like Frank Frank is like, you know, like, look at this fucking kid trying to be a hero. And McLovin is like, hey, I think that's kind of cool, Dad. You know, it's like it's like a thing. It's like a it's like a costume. It's it's cool. And then we also see, you know, Cage and and uh, Moretz just sitting there being like, oh, look at this fucking kid. Doesn't even know what he's fucking doing. He should name his name ass kicked because he's getting his ass kicked. He's not kick ass. Um, the burn so bad he felt it. Mm-hmm. But either way. He, he's well known now. He's a, he was in a video which they said was the most, in in the movie, they said most viewed video of all time, and it had 22 million views. Oh, shit. So, and, yeah. Three I mean, this years was 2010, later, think, though. This was 2010, but only three years later, I think Gangnam Style would have over a billion views. So. Listen, <laughs> YouTube grew a lot in three years, too. Let me that tell is you. true. That is I, very true. 
I really like, this was a time of turbulent change for online media, but um, yeah, it kind of makes you wish that Kickass had the foresight when he was getting his ass kicked to be like, "Hey, sexy lady," <laughs> you know, he should have had the foresight to start a Let's Play channel. <laughs> he's, he's like, uh, "I'm here getting my ass kicked and doing a speed run of yeah. Mario 64." Hey, it's okay, guys, it's Kickass, and he makes a bunch of rape jokes, and then he becomes yeah. really popular. So, and then he becomes a Nazi later on. So, he well, he always was a Nazi. He just That's true, yeah, revealed so, himself. Um, I should say at this point that no one knows that Dave is kick-ass. He's, um, he's still kept everything on the down low. No one knows his secret identity. But then, I think mostly because of his accident or something, but, like, the girl that he likes who, um, I think her name is Katie. Yeah, Katie, yep. She's the daughter from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah, the, what? Oh, fuck. I didn't realize that was the same person. I never paid attention to any of those fucking... Yeah, me you either. know, the framing device segments and How I Met Your Mother. But, um, yeah, I wasn't Googling the hot girl in high school either. So, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, no, she wants to hang out with him. Yeah, she wants to hang out with him. She asks him on a coffee date at the comic book store that he's always hanging out at. So he agrees, but finds out there that she thinks he's gay. And she says some kind of homophobic stuff, like tokenizing him, saying, like, I always wanted a gay friend. Is yeah. that weird to say? And it's like, yeah, it is a little bit, but whatever. And he doesn't. He just plays her. along with he it. He just plays yeah. along with it because he just wants to be around her. Uh, Which is listen, pretty gay. I, I just want to be your it. friend and I know gay's crying. Of course, like, oh, look at this fucking fat. And I'm not going to say the term because, of course, I'm not I'm not Craig Ferguson in 2010. Were you going to say Farfetch'd? The uh, yeah, Farfetch'd. Yeah, oh, I'll say it. I'm a faggot. <laughs> and I can say it too because I suck dick. Faggot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can say it because I'm quoting the corn song. <laughs> <laughs> That's spelled wrong. But he goes on a mission as kick-ass afterwards uh, to get some guy who has been apparently demanding money from Katie because she does, like, needle exchange volunteer work. And I don't really understand how, like, yeah, this high I school don't... girl ended up getting involved with this fucking hardcore drug dealer. Yeah, dude. well, so the thing is, like, <laughs> I think the thing is that, like, he's a drug dealer and he's probably, like, getting money out of her, like, maybe like clients or patients or something like that. And maybe like, she's like, Oh, I'll give you money. If like you leave us alone, maybe like there was some weird, like extortion thing going yeah. on. The I don't connection know. is explained within like one sentence and it's never really brought up again. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably more like a protection thing. Like leave my patients alone and I'll give you money. And then like she ran out of money and it's like, well, Oh yeah. Where's my money kind of thing. That's my best guess, but I'm like, there, that really was not explained at all. Mm. It was weird. But yeah, um, Katie still does not know that Dave is kick-ass, and uh, so when kick-ass goes there, he ends up tasing that guy. Uh, right in the forehead. Yeah, right in the fucking forehead. Very and close it, to just getting him right in the eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> and every, basically all of his, like, you know, henchmen surround him and are about to fucking just murder him because he did that. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a fucking trap um, house going on in there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> El Chapo or Chrisman or and, and, yeah, uh, Matt Christmas was <laughs> Matt Chrisman was in the corner. <laughs> but uh, and Felix was just fucking like watching like fucking Twitch streams while these like people are nodding out. Suddenly, a hit girl shows up and just kills the guy and all his henchmen, yeah. saving with kick-ass. a fucking katana. Oh yeah, it, a that, double. No, it's one of those. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the pole staff with the blades at each end. Oh no, shit! You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that's it's, called it's either. It's important. But for she, all the martial arts nerds out there. Yeah, the, whatever it is, um, it's uh, obviously very extremely difficult to use, and this nine-year-old girl can use it better than I can, like, use my phone without yeah. dropping it. Oh, yeah. yeah, better than we can drive a car. Yeah, <laughs> she. Uh, this scene is super cool. It's just I, I could it watch cool. Hit Girl slaughter people she, for yeah. two hours. She murders the fuck I, out of a bunch of people, and she misses one guy who's coming up on her. 
uh, from behind, but Cage, who is Big Daddy, is watching and shoots the guy, and he says, like, baby girl, where do we always keep our back? And then she's well, like, to the wall. And, and, and that's the thing, right, is that you talked about you could watch Hit Girl murder people all day. I'd watch any nine-year-old girl murder people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be totally fine with that. I think it'd be cool. Put yeah. on Live Leak and we can monetize it. <laughs> as long as they're wearing the purple wig, I'm fucking uh, in, dude. And um, I didn't really mention this before when it probably would have been opportune to do it, but I really love Cage and Hit Girl's dynamic in this thing. They have a like, really good on-screen chem- on, on chemistry. Yeah, they really do. How they're, uh, you know, like having like, you know, dad, daughter, like conversations and shit like that, but it's about like weapons and how to effectively use them. Yeah, they, they have a very like. good, they have a very good, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, working relationship. And Dan Schneider had a very good romantic relationship with her later on. <laughs> Is that the Nickelodeon guy? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, they were certainly the most interesting aspect of this movie. We, we realize here that Big Daddy and Hit Girl are the real deal. They fucking slaughter mobsters. They're good at what they do. They can actually jump buildings like Kick-Ass dreams of doing. And uh, pretty soon after, when Kick-Ass gets home, Big Daddy and Hit Girl, who are Cage and Hit Girl, but um, they find Kick-Ass at his home and tell him that he's way too easy to find and he needs to, like, you know, like, change the IP address on his website and, like, do some basic... well, guess what? A little bit of irony there for later on. (laughs) (laughs) When you said that, um, they were... They kind of represent what Kick-Ass wishes he could be, um, and I would say same for me because, uh, they're fucking stealing all that coke all the time, baby. Give me some of that smack. I'm in love with the coke. Oh, absolutely. Both of these Cage movies involve a lot of coke. Uh, Yeah, we've watched several Nick Cage movies that Nick Cage is always stealing and loving a lot of cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, and putting it wherever. Yes, wherever. Um, But when they find him, they find him in his home, and uh, he says, like, he's thinking of quitting. He doesn't really want to do this anymore. But they say, like, hey, you've got potential, kid. You just got to work on it. And then they tell him. And goes, like, I could quit whenever I want. God. (laughs) And uh, they tell him how to get a hold of them if he ever needs to. In the following couple scenes, too, we also see that, like, Frank D'Amico, mob boss man, has paid off several higher ups in the NYPD. Frank ends up becoming convinced that it is Kick-Ass stealing their coke uh, to the point where he, like, sees a guy dressed as Kick-Ass walking down the street and just pulls over and fucking murders the yeah, dude right Yeah, like, there. beats the fuck out of him and then shoots him in the head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which, by the way, I will say, uh, is it Frank D'Amico? Is that his name? Yes. It's a great fucking villain. Oh, yeah. A really good villain. Yeah, he's spooky, and uh, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays him, but it's the guy that I always think is Stanley Tucci, but it's not. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> way better than li- literally 90% of villains in actual superhero movies. Yeah. He's a great fucking villain. Wish he would have killed a Deadpool or two. Pissed about kick-ass, Frank is just, like, ranting and angry, and McLovin presents to his father a plan to get kick-ass by posing as a superhero so you can draw him in, and the superhero is going to be named Red Mist. So they work together to frame another mob member did, as... Did, did they name him after a, mo- a potential Mountain Dew flavor, just curious? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's, uh, it was actually a Fago flavor. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Oh, I mean, let's face it, McLovin in real life would be a fucking juggalo. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Not even a question. They throw another mob member under the bus... Uh, saying that he's been busted by Red Mist, McLovin's new superhero alter ego, just to get him attention and get him on the national news so that Kick-Ass will contact him. And indeed, Kick-Ass sees all the media attention that Red Mist is getting. He gets jealous, he gets in contact, and they meet up. So Red Mist ends up taking him to a mob warehouse 
where, you know, the mob is waiting to grab Kick-Ass and kill him and beat his ass, uh, under the guise of fighting crime together. And um, when they arrive, the whole warehouse is on fire. And it seems that Big Daddy has already been there. Shit. Because this is a mob-owned warehouse. McLovin basically had set up a nanny cam there so that he could put on the internet Kick-Ass's unmasking. And uh, the, the mob, like, reviews that footage and finally sees Big Daddy and, and, and is on to him now. A little funny Easter egg, and it only is there for, like, a second, but when you see the videos, the, th- the top three... Because like four videos and there's like the bottom one is the the footage from the warehouse. But the top three are his nanny showering. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I did see that in there. I, I didn't bring it up initially, but I thought that was funny. Oh, that was a nice funny. little fucking Easter egg. I mean, of course, you're perfect. You think it's funny when women get like oh. harassed without their knowledge. OK. Fuck up. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about the concept if it's a nanny cam and a teddy bear. Like who would think that a teddy bear in a shower is normal? But, but maybe was... maybe she finds comfort in showering with a teddy bear. Well, yeah. Who are Do you, you to have a shower time bear? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, frankly. Okay. Well, the only time I had a shower time bear, well, I mean, he <laughs> ran out on me. But um, <laughs> listen, I, I paid three easy payments of nineteen ninety nine back in the mid nineties to get that fucking shower teddy. So, <laughs> oh yeah, with the camera, spy cam. But uh, so afterwards, Dave is like, I'm gonna show up to Katie's place in the kick-ass costume because, you know, what's the difference between Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Spider-Man gets the girl. Which I will always say a really good move, fellas, is to sneak into a woman's place without her knowledge in a costume that she's not entirely familiar with without saying her identity and then creeping up on her. Yeah, yeah just very, very cool thing for a guy to do, and the more you do it, the more likely the woman is to immediately get on her knees and suck you off. Yeah, Absolutely. and she obviously fucking kicks his ass because he just creeped in there. Well, so, like, so, the, so the thing I just said shit. about creeping up on a woman in a costume, that's actually how you get WAP. That's, that's <laughs> how you do it. Yeah. You do it. That's, that's why Ben Shapiro can never do because he hates, he hates Halloween. He can't wear costumes. <laughs> also, I found it very strange that uh, in the scene where he's creeping up on her, she is looking in a mirror but not seeing him uh, directly behind her. Yeah, I uh, don't fucking understand it. Well, she um, does it like the last second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, I don't know if you know, but he's occasionally a vampire. But oh. he takes off the mask and says, I'm, I, it's me, I'm kick-ass. It, me, Dave, is kick-ass. And also, I'm not gay. And instead of being reasonably upset like an individual would be that you had like betrayed their trust for this whole time. She uh, sucks him off again. Yeah, yeah she, she immediately she, is like, oh, no, I thought you were hot the entire time, so I'm going to fuck you anyways. Yeah. Which is a very normal thing that every woman does. Because that's the thing, women love men who lie about who yeah. they are. They love liars and especially vigilante liars. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but uh, this movie was written by a um, Elliot. Ru- oh, uh, El- uh, fuck! I don't know uh, who this movie's written by. He's a super nice guy, but yeah, Alec Manassian, I think this movie was written by. Onision. <laughs> this movie was written by Onion Son. Yes. Um, but yeah, they end up fucking, and uh, then in the next scene we see like uh, Cage and Moretz. Uh, begin preparing to kill Frank because they have learned that Frank is on to them. Uh, they order a jetpack and install some Gatling guns on it. And sick. Cool. But uh, at the same time, Kick-Ass is drawn into one last meeting with Red Mist. This is going to be his last thing he does before he retires from He's like, Kick-Ass one more altogether. fucking deal. Yes, one, one more, more fucking, fucking deal. One more fucking time. Um, and, uh, They're in New York City, so it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. McLovin is doing this because he needs to find out who Big Daddy is for his big boss man dad because he wants so badly to get his father's approval. And basically, McLovin gets kick-ass to contact Big Daddy and Hit Curl by saying that there is a price on both 
Red Mist and Kickass's heads, and they need some help from some real deal holy feel people. Um, and at the meetup, Big Daddy and Kickass are basically immediately captured, but Hit Girl escapes after being shot by Red Mist and falling out the window. She is, of course, still wearing her bulletproof vest. Does, does, does she get shot by Red Mist? I thought she gets shot by, like, one of his... No, 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 he walks in, and the first thing that yeah. happens is he pulls out his gun and fucking shoots Oh, shit, her. I didn't notice that. All right, fuck. Yeah. What a fucking bitch. Yeah, cover blown uh, pretty much right away. So now that they're captured, the mobsters begin to basically, under the guise of Kick-Ass being revealed, start a live stream where they just torture Big Daddy and Kick-Ass right on there. Yeah, they air on national television. <laughs> oh, yeah, they start airing the live stream on national television, which is a little weird, but... um. Yeah, and also, I, I thought it was funny that, like, all. I mean, I guess 2010, again, was a different time, but instead of watching this online a lot of people are just watching it being broadcast on the news and then yeah. when the news stops because it gets too violent they're like oh fuck we can't watch it anymore <laughs> go fucking on your computer and watch why are you watching also, on a, in a <laughs> diner also what mainstream news site is showing any live stream footage in 2010 yeah especially that didn't like, happen yeah I, I i don't know while they're getting tortured uh, Hit Girl comes in and she manages to save Kick Ass, but in throughout the fight, Cage ends up being burned alive by the mobsters. But as he's burning, he's giving Kit Cat. Kit Cat. As he, yeah. He's giving Kit Cat Girl, yeah. <laughs> as he's burning, he gives Hit Girl some advice on how to kill the mobsters, yelling in his cage way, like, No, you gotta get them in your sights! Yeah, it's like, and so it's, it's kind of funny. You bitch! You bitch! Killing them will bring me back! <laughs> But I don't know. It's oddly kind of touching. And the scene where she says goodbye to him as he's like slowly dying after she puts him out on fire. You know, I felt oh. oddly kind of touching. No, and no, it was it was a really sweet scene. It was a really sweet scene. And in fact, um, when uh, um, Hit Girl was killing all the mob men and he got set on fire, there was actually a line that was cut. And he said, oh, someone's trying to kill me. man!" <laughs> so Cage dies. Hit Girl is obviously pissed. Kick-Ass is like, everything's fucking over, man. Like, this is all fucked up. Everything we thought we knew, it's over. How about you come stay at my place? We'll figure something out. But Hit Girl is like, I'm going to fucking avenge my dad. And Kick-Ass is like, well, I got to help out, right? Yeah. So He's like, I'm responsible for your dad dying. Nah, I'm going to be too much of a pussy to help. No, of course he's not. He's cool as shit. He's going to help out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he fucking... A total cringe moment yeah. when he's like, oh, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be alive. And she's like, well, if it wasn't for you, my dad wouldn't be dead. <laughs> that honestly wasn't. That was kind that of was a cringe line, cringe. but it wasn't that, was that bad. Uh, I don't know. I didn't think that was that cringe. No, I, I think it was, was cringe to be kick-ass in that situation. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, no, I agree true. with that. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it was just like, uh, hey, thanks for saving my life. And, and she's like, hey, thanks for making me a fucking orphan, prick. <laughs> orphan uh, again. <laughs> orphan times two. I didn't even know you could be an orphan more than once. That's like double jeopardy for being an orphan. So uh, Hit Girl shows the the... The jetpack. Yeah, she shows the jetpack to kick ass and is like, you better start fucking learning this because I'm going to need you to show up there. And then she goes out. She murders the fuck out of like 15 guys in Frank D'Amico's building. Just fucking yeah, his, his fucking bomb ass penthouse. Yeah, you absolutely know, honestly, murders them. There's a scene where she's dressed up like the schoolgirl and she's going into the building. I literally thought there was going to be like a pedophile reference there. <laughs> like, I really I thought that guy That's was where it started it. for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, absolutely. But I'm definitely I, I thought like the guy was like, oh, hey, little girl. I thought there was going to be like a real Brian Singer moment. 
film, and I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Well, there's yeah. a guy who's uh, a famous, like, stalker of Chloe Grace Moretz, and I couldn't help but <sighs> see that scene and be like, oh, God, this is where it started oh my for God. that fuck. Did you see that scene of them? Like, she's, she's eating in, a, like, a mall restaurant, and, and he, there's that picture. He takes and he a picture and doesn't know the flash is on, and it's like a picture and, of her shocked. Yeah, and everybody is staring. <sighs> it is so cringe, dude. I'll show you the picture later. It's, it's fucking it's, creepy. Yeah, it's bad. And that's the thing, though, is that, like, you know for a fact he watched Kick-Ass a million times. Exa- yeah, exactly. For pure and, reasons. Uh, so, yeah, basically delete this movie. Uh, one star. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know any of that, and uh, I wish I didn't. But well, too bad, bitch. <laughs> hey, we're calling out pedophiles here, baby. Yeah, we're making fun of all pedophiles. <laughs> Once she kills all of those dudes, she runs out of ammo, and there's still, like, four henchmen left, and she's trapped. She's about to be killed when the lead henchman runs in with a bazooka. That, that he had stolen from Big Daddy and Hit yeah. Girl earlier in the movie when yeah, they got captured. Them. And uh, he's about to shoot the bazooka, but Kick-Ass shows up in the jetpack and just fucking yeah. finishes the rest of them, just blasting them. The one good thing Kick-Ass does in this movie. Yeah, the one thing he does that can act, that actually helps. Um, aside from that guy who's getting his ass kicked, I guess he did save them by getting his ass kicked. I know, but, but like the true. one actual Kick-Ass moment he had in this oh, movie, yeah. though. Like, other than that, he just gets his fucking shit wrecked all the time. It's true. Yeah, it should have, this movie should be called Kick-Ass uh, at the end. <laughs> but I do love in the next scene we see frank and mclovin who are waiting for their henchmen to finish off hit girl you see them they're like all right she's gone and they high five and they're like that is one weird sounding bazooka i thought that was funny oh yeah. <laughs> that was fucking great i don't know some fucking minigun went off but um but uh kick ass and hit girl charge into the room kick ass and red mist square off against one another uh, Hit Girl and Frank square off against one another. Uh, Kick-Ass manages to stop Red Mist just barely. They, like, knock each other <laughs> yeah, out. They, they, yeah, they do that, like, uh, uh, yeah, like, double KO thing going on. Yeah, they It's knock- honestly a pretty funny moment. <laughs> it is pretty funny. They knock each other out, but Kick-Ass comes to first. <laughs> uh, and runs into the room where Frank is about to finish Hit Girl because Frank is a skilled tactician, um... He, he's been training a lot, so has Hit Girl. Yeah, but he has his like, own dojo in yeah. the penthouse that he like practices like kung fu in. But yeah, and he's using that to fucking fight Hit Girl. Yes, to beat up a nine-year-old girl. Very <laughs> moral. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's about to shoot Hit Girl in the head when Kick-Ass shows up, and he picks up the bazooka and shoots fucking Frank out the window on the missile, and then it explodes in the middle, like in the air between two towers on fucking in New York City. I wish it had exploded in, and actually in hit both towers. of those two towers. <laughs> Call Oliver Stone into the fucking building, baby. Well, I don't know if you know, uh, th- this movie was actually filmed during when that Nick Cage 9-11 movie was being shot. Yeah, he was so. uh, he was wearing his firefighter uh, outfit right under the, the Batman suit. <laughs> yeah, and you actually there's actually a moment in the movie where you see like an explosion go off in the sky while he's like running to like stop 9/11 from happening. Yeah, and they're they're interconnected universes. Yeah, actually, Kickass actually caused 9/11. You know, we so. kind of we, yeah. he keeps getting compared to Batman, but I think he actually looks like the owl. What is it, Night Owl from Watchmen? He really does. I I agree with that. Yeah, I think he looks dead ass almost exactly like him. But yeah, but no one knows what the Watchmen is. They all know who Batman is. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Jess. and uh, I thought it was a strange artistic choice to give uh, uh, Red Mist a honkin' blue penis. Uh, so, Kick Ass and Hit Girl head home on the jetpack, uh, and Red Mist is still alive after he wakes up and he vows revenge against them. 
And, uh, and he wears like a fucking like BDSM mask yeah. at the end, right? It's like grates and stuff like that. I don't remember that exactly. Yeah, it looks like a, looks like a lo- looks like a uh, fucking Mick Thompson from Slipknot a little bit. He's got a ball gig, but the ball is like grenade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd actually be a pretty cool costume. I'm doing that yeah, shit. That'd be sick. Moretz begins to go to school with Kickass, now in the care of Cage's former partner Marcus, the one, you know, the the cop who was good because he didn't turn in a vigilante. He only just probably killed innocent people. Um, well, I was saying that we, we all have to have a good. I mean, but, there are some good um, cops out there, and he's one of the good cops. He's he's one of the good ones. I mean, there's many good ones. Yeah. Uh, and we're not just saying that because he's black. We're saying that because he also took a uh, a doubled orphan into his care. Mm-hmm. How can cops be racist if some of them are black? So mm-hmm. that is that is how white supremacy works. So. Yeah, and uh, it looks like apparently new superheroes are popping up and populating all over the city and the world, and so. all getting fucking murdered on their first time stopping crime. So good job, kick ass! <laughs> you led to yeah. several teenagers getting murdered by gangs. But uh, that's including that's, the police are one of the <laughs> yeah. the the big gang and the official one of the United States official gang of the United States <laughs> police department. Uh, that's the whole plot de- plot department. That's the whole plot. It's <laughs> the whole plot. New York Police Department. That's the uh, whole plot synopsis of this film. Yes. Uh, department. O- overall thoughts, everybody. Uh, I like this movie a lot. This movie is really fun. Uh, there was not really a whole lot of dull moments, and it was it was really funny. And even though, of course, the idea of a nine-year-old girl just going on murdering and swearing is kind of like a kind of an old trick after a pretty short amount of time, it's still charming enough to where I, I accept it and don't think it's cringy. I feel you there. Um, and honestly, also, Nick, Nick Cage's performance is really fucking good in this movie. I think he does a fantastic job. He's my favorite character, honestly. Um, I definitely agree with both things you said there, actually, because like I remember seeing this movie a lot in high school and I kind of had gotten bored of it uh, because, frankly, I'd seen it so many times. And I think also I was comparing it to Scott Pilgrim, which I do like Scott Pilgrim a bit more than this movie, although I'll probably have to go back and watch Scott Pilgrim again sometime soon and see how I still feel better at this point. But um, I'd say the first half is all right, but it's kind of typical like team drama stuff that even in my high school years, I never really connected with team drama type things or not team drama. Yeah, even team there's, there's a reason why I didn't connect with team drama, because I was really cool and got laid all the time. That's <laughs> real. That's why I was like, I'm no, I'm too cool for this. Yeah, and my, my mantra is pretty much uh, no, no drama. No, 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 drama, yeah. drama. So, But uh, the, I think the second half is where it really picks up and really gets good. Oh, I agree. Um, That's where the majority of the good yeah. action is. But uh, and I I also agree. I think Cage and Moretz are far and away the best parts of this movie. Frankly, mm. like oh, their God. chemistry is great. They're really fun to watch. They're funny, and like I really enjoy them in there. And I was genuinely sad to see Cage die, it, even though I knew that was going to happen. What's, uh, what's even funny about it too is that even though the movie's called Kickass, he's probably like the worst part of this movie to be honest. Oh yeah, like honestly, yeah. All of the surrounding bits are better than than Kickass himself. Yeah. And I, I even like Red Mist as a character better. He's a mu- he's like honestly a much more in like a uh, uh, like a, what's the word I'm looking for like a like a fucking like multifaceted character than Kickass is because Kickass is just like a dorky kid who just gets his ass kicked all the time. <laughs> Whereas like Red Mist is like kind of multifaceted 40. like he's he's kind of a psycho but he also like doesn't want to be a piece of shit and then he becomes a piece of shit like forcibly by his dad like he's a kind of a multifaceted character. Mm-hmm. He's just looking up to his dad and his dad's a piece of shit and it kind of molds him into a piece of shit by accident. And he doesn't even want to be a piece of shit he just wants to be a normal kid but he's forced <laughs> to be a piece of shit by the end of it. Whereas Kick-Ass is just, a, he doesn't have any character arc, to be honest. When I first saw this movie, I didn't care for it. 
Um, and it wasn't for uh, the reasons that all the boomers on Amazon didn't like it. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't like it that much. And it breaks my heart to say that uh, in the words of social distortion, I was wrong. <laughs> and that can be just... Uh, in post, put a little clip of I was wrong in there. Just like one second of it. And then... Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll also leave the part where you request that. Uh, and... Uh, and the part where I tell you that I'm going to leave the part where you request that. No, I'm sorry. And we're going to leave in the part uh, where I also say, good movie. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was a good movie. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Hitman and Bat Dad were <laughs> the... <laughs> By far and away the best yeah. characters in this yeah. movie. Hitmonchan yeah. is my favorite character in this movie. Hitmonchan and Bat Dad Lee. <laughs> um, and so I, oh my, my real yeah, uh, only... Butterfree is a great character. <laughs> my only real gripe with this movie is that uh, I just want more Hit Girl and less Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there is a sequel. Uh, and I've... See, I said... I said uh, to my girlfriend who's a fan of this movie what I just said and she said well the, then that's what the second one's about uh, but I've heard the second one fucking sucks so maybe that's not what I want and I, I have heard the second one sucks a massive massive dookie so. there's no Cage I never saw that movie there is no Nick Cage in it either so there's automatically like 50% less charm oh yeah I'd agree with you there. I actually found myself enjoying this a lot more now than I did back in the day watching it, which is a strange thing. I felt like back in the day, maybe it was trying to, you know, it was trying to pander to to a high school audience a little too much. And I was like a cynical asshole back then and like not willing to accept anything like that. But now, like with with age and reservation, I can look back on that and be like, yeah, you know, actually, it did a good job at what it was trying to do. And, you know, talk about pander to a high school audience. I think it's a little bit more self-aware of a high school audience, though. True. Like, I mean, it's definitely not pandering to a high school audience like fucking Fast Times did way better than that. At least there was a child rape. <laughs> yeah, there will. Well, there, there was child murder. There's a scene uh, people, where a uh, hit girl gives her phone number to a 26 year old. Uh, <laughs> I thought her simulated blowjob on a carrot was kind of odd. But, oh yeah. my god, no! Yeah, it's, well, actually, um, uh, that wasn't a carrot. That was an orange Glock that uh, <laughs> Bat Dad was making her hey, suck on. In, so. <laughs> listen, Chloe Grace Moretz, if you ever listen to this show, we, I'm sorry you had a creepy stalker. I'm so yeah, sorry. I'll kill that yeah, guy. Um, I would kill sorry. that guy too. Honestly, I will, not uh, deserve that. I will defend your honor, my lady, uh, and um, I hope uh, you hear this. Yeah, and, and and go on a date with Mike. Yeah, yeah I didn't or say me. that, but I mean, if you want, to... or yeah, I was gonna. You don't have to, but you know, Chloe, you're a great actress, so if you want to hang <laughs> out like, sometime. You know? When I saw you in Suspiria, uh, I thought um, I don't even freaking care about whatever else is happening, uh, even though I I don't really. Yeah, like listen, when I saw you in the Carrie actress. remake, I was like, you know, this movie sucks, but you're still pretty cute. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> if you would like, say my name just once, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, anyways, I think that's probably all we have about Kick-Ass. Uh, we'll get back to you with Sandily soon. And Oh, uh, no, no, wait. Do we have some Amazon reviews? Oh, my oh, God. I have notes. Oh, yeah, and we had... I, I thought I was... Look, I forgot about all of the other aspects of the show. Okay? Jess doesn't give a shit about shit. Uh, Dave, do you have a description for us? I do, actually. Let's hear it. 
those motherfuckers Kick gonna steal my Kick-Ass is a 2000 <laughs> American biographical film directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by Susanna Grant. The film is a dramatization of the true story of Aaron Brockovich, portrayed by Nicolas Cage, who fought against the energy corporation Pacific Gas and Electric Company regarding its culpability for the Hinkley groundwater contamination incident. The film was a box office success and a critical reaction was positive. <laughs> okay, that's uh I mean That's a pretty accurate description. I've said it better myself. Um good job, Dave. Good good hey, work. Thanks. You done did it. I was paying close attention this time, so I thought, you know, it I might mean, show. I can tell. You did a great fucking job. Let I feel like you. I just watched the movie again. <laughs> I appreciate. You know, it's it's really a compliment to you guys. I mean, I wouldn't have noticed all of those details if it weren't for the in-depth nature of the show so you know pat yourselves on the back for that one i think it's great absolutely yeah uh well thank you just for praising me and these <coughs> others too you know um you get to stay on a little bit longer i think yeah i i, I appreciate that yeah, yeah I'll, just talk me up we'll, like we'll renew your uh contract if you keep saying stuff like that for sure of course of course i really like the camaraderie yeah, and one thing that this movie was missing was a uh, hacking. Uh, well, he said camaraderie, more like camaraderie. Well, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. <laughs> talk about a hacking, comrade. Camaraderie. C U M R O D. I do have some reviews here. Some very upset people. I wonder why they'd be upset about this movie. Could you explain a little bit? Yeah, so let's let's well let's get right into it. Uh, Kelly Beckett uh, says in a review titled "Purely Horrid," sickly distorted, using a child in gruesome scenes and disgusting killings. Half star is too high. Wasted my time. I couldn't watch the whole movie. Ugh. How, how many Uggs were there? Just one Ugg? Um, it's one Ugg, but it's it's kind of it it. It's one and a half Uggs. Well, really. you're holding there's, there's also not that many Uggs, though, because we've seen a couple. We've seen, like, up to, what, three or four yeah, Uggs? like a sustained Ugg. Yeah, it's, right, like, it's like Nick Cage in Deadfall when he says fuck for, like, ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. If you've only got one Ugg, then you've only got one ugly boot. <laughs> um, that's not even a full pair. <laughs> you have, you have yeah. one half a pair of, like, fucking, like, uh, was it juicy fucking pink sweatpants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That'd be a good look for you, Jess, by the way. Just one Ugg. Get some fucking... Get <laughs> some, like, like fucking... Like, juicy like, sweatpants and yeah. Uggs? Yeah, ju- ju- like, hat was his Juicy sweatpants and one Ugg. You look like a fucking, like, white trash homeless... Oh, yeah, you also gotta get, like, the worst spray tan that you could possibly get. <laughs> but it's a half a spray tan, so, like, the eyes are still, like, white, and, like, it looks like she's got, um, uh, like, vitiligo, but for tan... <laughs> She's just, got one Ugg, and she's got one Reebok with straps. <laughs> All we need is some apple bottom jeans and the baggy sweatpants, and the whole club will be looking at her. Honestly, we should start a whole subsection of this podcast where Taylor and I uh, tell women uh, how they should dress to be more thotty and attractive to us. <laughs> so, um, I'd be well, so put down that next for that. to the cage style report, which I keep forgetting to bring. Yeah, back. listen, listen, ladies, this, uh, this is this is the WAP style guy. This will get your this WAP is, really WAP. Hey, you want to get my attention? Here's what you should be doing. <laughs> oh Christ! Okay. Hey, Olivia, listen to this episode. <laughs> Got oh, a geez. review from Amazon customer uh, who says, "Gross." We get it, you beat off. And I don't know if that's too kick-ass <laughs> or the audience. <laughs> uh, 
but it's I mean, to that guy who stalks Chloe Barrett. Are, are you sure this uh, review wasn't written upon Zandalin? <laughs> uh, it might have been, uh, but like I said, two very sexy movies, so it could be either. Oh, oh my god, that was that the entire review. That was the entire review. Uh, I have a review from Eric, uh, who I think engineered an episode of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and Eric says, a foul-mouthed little girl killing people is funny? Once I saw what the movie was really about, I couldn't watch anymore. Um, That's on brand for Eric. <laughs> yeah, real prude when it comes to little girl violence, which I feel like, uh, you know, kill whoever you want. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's 2020. Yeah, I don't think as long as you do want. it consensually with one party involved, that's all that matters. Yeah, if they consent. It's current to year. It's current year. Listen, as long as a murderer consents, as long as a murderer consents to murdering people, what's wrong? Yeah, uh, Glenda Reynolds says, um, maybe view this movie with the volume muted. Whew, hot start. Um, Damn. And Glenda says, we weren't expecting so many F-bombs in this movie. We watched about 10 minutes of it, and then it went into the garbage. It's a shame because I was looking forward to watching the whole movie. Leave it to the British who think nothing of this kind of dialogue. What? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> what the British has to do with this? Um, I mean, I think... Aaron, Aaron, whose name shall not be repeated, is British. That's the only thing I can... And also the main bad guy, Frank D'Amico, is British. And the little yes. girl says cunts, which is a British word. Uh, so oh, okay. Um, okay. Obviously written by British people. But still, that, that connection is a, a, a little uh, little dubious there. Yeah. Um, As in you smoke two doobies, <laughs> and then you've got the connection. <laughs> got to smoke that reef. Uh, I got a review from Donna M. Bryant. Uh, Donna says, one star, it was pretty rude and strange. Um... So Donna didn't like it. Wait, it's a review. No. <laughs> <laughs> All these reviews are so short. Uh, don't worry, I'll get to. I'll get to. I got a really long one here. I, uh, oh, okay, I'm ready. Uh, it, well, not yet. I have. I have a couple more from uh, sad people. Um, Sandra L. Thornton uh, says nothing good to say about it. Almost every sentence had F word, which is totally unnecessary and juvenile. I usually send DVDs to the troops, but this one is being thrown away. <laughs> Wait, what, was, was, that, uh, was that a sister of Billy Bob? That was, uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Billy Bob's uh, sister, Sandra Lobb uh, Thornton. Um, and she sends movies to the troops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, they could have learned a few tips from Hit Girl in this the new one. Age so. Bob Hope. Yeah, honestly, because they're really bad at doing war because the American military is fucking awful. They're really good at war crimes, though. Yeah. They're really good. That this, is true. This woman actually might have uh, created some new conflict by preventing our troops from uh, watching the instructional video uh, Kick-Ass 2010. <laughs> um, I got a review from Matt who says, I couldn't see it. <laughs> Um, and Matt says, I was in an emergency that day and I couldn't even start the movie. Sorry, the next time I'm going to take some time to finish. One star. What? It's not even the movie's fault. Holy shit. Why did he even write a fucking review? Hey. Give him a break. He fuck? had an emergency. Okay, so first off, that is it. That, that, <laughs> that beats out guy. the broken room, like DVD reviews, because that one's nobody's fault but your own. <laughs> it's not on the product. And, it's and not actually, on Amazon. It might not be his fault. Something <laughs> came up, obviously. Well, like you had no one to blame. It wasn't even the person who sent you a faulty DVD or no DVD. That's your fault. <laughs> 
the uh, sorry to Matt. Um, oh this was uh, seven years ago, actually almost to the day. To the day. Oh shit! Seven oh, shit. years ago today, this oh. review was written. He should have the seven-year itch to re-review um, his review. So, the seven-year anniversary of his emergency. Oh, my All God. I can say is I hope uh, he's found some time to uh, kick back and watch a film. Uh, <laughs> kick back then. and kick ass. So he should be doing. That is the best review I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, well, wait till you hear uh, oh, this my one. God. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> Uh, this is a review from someone who says the people uh, who made this film are the sickest people alive. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's go for it. Um, they say sick and twisted beyond belief. The film really attacks different racial groups. The way the good guys kill them, they torture and kill these people in slow, sadistic ways. They get cut up. No one deserves to die like that. The body count. The lust for blood. In one movie, one little girl has more confirmed kills than the Terminator, Die Hard, Scarface, and John Wayne Gacy combined. Famous, famous <laughs> no, characters. objectively no. <laughs> Sorry. Famous characters: The Terminator, uh, Die Hard, and John Wayne Gacy. Uh, <laughs> yes, how, how many people we, did Die Hard kill again? Yeah, we, we love Mr. Die Hard. Yeah, yeah uh, he's uh, super super cool. Related to Mr. Trapped, I, I bet. I will say, I think already John Wayne Gacy killed more people than she did in this movie. Oh, objectively, but, yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, this this next part is in all caps. Little girl has confirmed kills. She doesn't just shoot people either. Her victims are cuffed, crushed until their organs ex explode, and strangled until they die. Other victims are assaulted and tortured. It's not cartoon-like. I saw this deranged film. Now the image of a little girl coming up behind a man and cutting him open will never leave my mind. <laughs> then she chops off another man's leg, impales him through the ribs, pinning him to the floor. She smiles in satisfaction as she leans on the blade. He suffers and bleeds at her feet. She's only begun. She uses medieval European weapons meant to chop off limbs, disembowel, and pull the intestines out of an enemy. The horrifying attacks are done blitz assassination style. A young man around 20 years old exits the bathroom. She shows him the knife trick and puts a blade in his stomach. An adult woman enters the room. She's horrified to find her friends lying dead on the floor. The little girl furiously stabs the frightened woman in the chest multiple times with a large kitchen knife. Then she puts her dead body on display. Her father is an organized, psychopathic serial killer who, in a demented state, dresses up as Batman at night. This, ba this Batman kills daily and encourages his young daughter to kill. He gives her weapons so she can play. A father turning his 11-year-old daughter into a man's mur a mass murderer is an outrage. She uses night vision goggles, giving her a critical advantage when committing mass murder at night. She cuffs a man and puts him in a car crusher. Now helpless, he sputters and tries to talk his way out of a nasty death. In a sadistic act, the man is slowly crushed to death. Her father looks on with approval. She hurls insults at him as he dies horribly. She lures her victims close by pretending to be a poor, lost little girl. When the person stops to help, she pulls out a concealed gun and shoots them in the head. The message of this film is, killing strangers is fun, it'll give you a thrill. Holy shit! Okay, so For the person someone who, who disliked that, this, they really loved writing an extreme yeah. detail. That's 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 well, I'm sorry, one star. 
By the way, what, what, you, what you didn't know is that while the person was writing that they were furiously masturbating the entire time. <laughs> that that really strikes me as like, a, oh yeah, and then he fucking like cuffed him to the car and it will never leave my mind. He was crushed while she hurled insults at him. I've never heard someone who hates something so much wow. supposedly describe it in such visceral I, detail. Listen, I hope whatever maximum security prison they wrote that review from is keeping them in solitary confinement right now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that person. Uh, you know who is, wrote that review? Dennis Rader, <laughs> BTK killer, wrote that review for prison. It sounds that, like somebody who really hates Aaron Brockovich. They really hate uh, Aaron Brockovich, um, but they love binding, torturing, and killing. Yeah, uh, they also love Aaron, whose name shall not be named, because uh, he fucks a Brockovich. teenage girl in this movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but he is also a teenager, but uh, <laughs> yeah. still not a pass for me. Um, yeah, seventeen-year-olds should not be fucking seventeen-year-olds. I'm sorry. So uh, the person who wrote that review, um, hope you're doing okay. Uh, that was four years ago. You could be dead. Yeah, <laughs> they probably killed themselves in a fucking shootout with the police because they found their stash of bodies somewhere. Also, everything that they had a problem with uh, was specifically re- related to Hit Girl doing it. Like, there's no mention of like a guy exploding in an oven in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or a guy getting his fucking pinky cut off, or a teenage boy getting stabbed and then run over by a fucking car. Yeah, um, none uh, of that shit. It's only about Hit Girl doing it. Yeah, so you can pretty much kill strangers as much as you want, as <laughs> long as you are of age. If, you, if you're yeah. of age, I, I feel like I should if, say if, if, if you can, if you're like legal age of adult, age of majority. Killing people is perfectly okay, and that's what this guy believes, and that's why he does it all the time, (laughs) clearly. He's deranged as shit. Um, Yeah. I will say something that I didn't, uh, none of us really mentioned in this movie, and I think possibly because I'm I'm pretty desensitized to movie violence at this point, but this is a very gory movie. It really (laughs) is a pretty violent movie, and I'm Um, fine with it, obviously, but it is a very violent movie. I I mean, there's there's no, like you said, this movie is rated R, right? Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely um, is movie is rated R, like no question. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I love uh, put as much fucking violence in a movie as you possibly can. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and well, it's rare to see something this gory that isn't a slasher movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a Tarantino is, movie. Yeah. This movie's kind of a slasher movie if you think about it. It's like the horrors of fucking reality. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically a slasher because um, this deranged eleven-year-old uh, girl uh, <laughs> is a mass murderer in an outrage. Um, so. <laughs> Basically worse than Michael Myers. Certainly worse than John Gacy and Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Die Hard absolutely yeah. did a lot of fucking murdering. So John Die Hard. God. Well, um, on that note, I Ugh. think that's all we have about Kick-Ass <laughs> this time for real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of violence and murder, next we're going to be talking about... Sandily. 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 But uh, we'll... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back to you with that right after this break. So, bye-bye. Well, hello, and welcome back. This is Cage Fight. Now we are talking to you about Zandali, returning champion from episode five. I want to say it's five. I don't recall for certain, but it did, in fact, go up against Left Behind. You'll find it somewhere in there. Yeah, weird how the the worst movie won, because, like, Left Behind was pretty fucking solid. Mm-hmm. And well, you're talking about solid fucking movies and things that make me solid. Let's talk about Zandali. <laughs> 
Sandily came out in 1991. It was rated R. Why? For, for obvious reasons, <laughs> but it was originally rated NC-17. Mm-hmm. They did have to take out the carrot-sucking scene, though. <laughs> it was uh, directed by Sam Pillsbury, who, while uh, directing this, like repeatedly got poked on the dick and went, mm-hmm. Sam and Pillsbury, what is this, the Doughboys podcast? Come on. Uh, we'll talk about doughy Nick things. Andy's fucking Biger, fat, fat Biger. cunt in this movie. You know, um, too much of a porker for me. Let me tell you, <laughs> she is wide, dude. Look, she's look, no. I'm not gonna stand for this. Andy is a beautiful. Woman. <laughs> she is so beautiful, you know, and I looked her yeah. up on Instagram today, and she is still so beautiful. I want to marry her. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. That's hang out with Wayne Coyne. Zandalee might be beautiful, but her personality is extremely ugly. <laughs> Hey, her personality is kind of ugly like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was produced by Electric Pictures because the fucking sexuality in this is fucking electric. It's electrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really kickstarted my friggin' heart. 104 minute runtime. This did not have a budget or box office gross available, so it did go into the red, but y'all already knew that. All of our uh, dutiful listeners know that for a fact. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 33% from the critics and a 29% from audience. How? How does it have that high of a rating? Um, You know, look, frankly, yes, the the critics rate this higher than the audiences, which is almost strange, because I assume the audience would rate it highly because they probably... And it's this and like about to, the pussy and dick yeah, and ass and like to look at boobs. Titties, and, yeah, yeah. It is a lot uh, of bush in this movie too. There's a lot of bush, and it's not even like arts. It tries to be artsy, but it's really it's not. really gratuitous. Um, <laughs> It's not. And I do have to say it because I'm scrolling past my notes. This movie was filmed originally under the title Adios Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I, is, I, I think we mentioned that in the last episode, but it's also the only thing I copied over from my notes because that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, go way to spoil the entire fucking movie. <laughs> They're like, we're, we got to use one character's name, but what if we were like, bye, Terry? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, I probably pronounced it wrong in the last. No, it's, it's Teary. No, they say Teary, but like the apparently, I think the proper way to say it, because it's the way it's uh, repeated the most, is Terry. Terry. Yeah. My name is so Terry. Like My you name is George I am Terry. You have to pronounce it like you're doing oh, an offensive oh, French accent. I don't fuck with French shit. Fuck that. America first. But I'm going to launch. Don't speak French. Say fuck that. Fuck, fuck that. that. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck. And I will say there's one bit of trivia is that uh, this is the only movie that Tommy Wiseau watched to get his inspiration for the room. Yeah. Um, he basically looked at Nicolas Cage's ass and said, I want that to be on my ass. <laughs> and if you'll recall, like, uh, I, I believe Tommy Wiseau is probably a Nick Cage fan because like he Has did. To be. He did watch Sonny. If you'll recall from that episode or if you haven't listened to it, I, that goes against the Wicker Man. So that's a pretty good one. Good uh, plug. Yeah, apparently he watched that, and that's what made him okay with James Franco well, playing like, him. Talk, in talk about things that are gonna get plugged. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some definite Tommy Wiseau inspiration feel to this, and oh, yeah. and and a lot of I, I feel like you're definitely on point with saying that he has to be a Nick Cage fan, which has me waiting for the Nick Cage movie where he like fucks a girl in the belly button. <laughs> um, oh, I feel like that movie's already happened. We just haven't watched it yet. That's true. I mean, like I was. 
<laughs> you really the the sex scenes between Nicolas Cage and Zandali in this movie are very reminiscent of Tommy Wiseau and Lisa in the room. And oh, so, yes, uh, it's just weird to see him like they're actually a, a little bit hotter, though. I'll give it that. They, they, well, yeah, and they, it's only <laughs> because of Nick Cage. It's because of Nick Cage. Uh, less of a goblin, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yo, yeah. I did some other shit. Have we talked about his nutsack yet? We'll get to his nutsack. So, a short little plot summary here. So, Zandali is married to Terry, a former poet who now runs his father's like communications business. I assume that's something about phones or maybe. He talks on the phone. But uh, she's feeling unsatisfied in her marriage with Terry, who is Judge Reinhold. Um, Because of. Is he impotent or can he just, is he not attracted to her anymore? I think he is just more focused on the success of his father's business and he's kind of lost touch with his old artistic side. And he also, you know, so he's not focusing quite as much on his romance and love marriage because he's, he's got this new He's frankly just not just fucking stuffing Zandali all the time. She can't handle it. Mm -hmm. You say that he lost his artistic side. Like at all. In the first scene of this movie, he cuts himself shaving and says to Zandali, I cut myself, blood of the fox for the hunt. He does talk really pretentiously (laughs) a lot. He does say that. I cut myself today. (laughs) 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 So it's an emo version of the Johnny Cash song. But, um, well, I mean, Nine Inch Nails, but yes. The BPD version. Um, but apologies to people with mental disorders. Uh, but uh, No trigger warnings, your pussies. Yeah, Sorry. As long as you're not deaf, um, I care for you. <laughs> That's a callback to episode two, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so like they're not fucking... Their marriage is kind of like... Sandali is unsatisfied here. And Nicolas Cage is a painter and an old friend of Teddy who comes onto Zandali hard. And like, very hard. B- b- like, forcefully and with sexual yes. assault sometimes. And here's the thing, right? <laughs> and is that there, there's a line that Zandali says to Terry at one point where something along the lines of like, I wish you were paraplegic because at least I would have more sympathy for you. And that line had me crying laughing. That was why. Because it's just yeah. so needlessly cruel. It is. That is really fucking bad. <laughs> like, just because he can't get hard, like, bitch. Yeah, she is actively refusing to empathize because he's not a cripple. And you have to remember, she said that literally right after cheating on him with another man that's not Nick Cage. And Actually, that was before cheating on him. Although I think... No, no, that was actually after because she came home drunk. She came home drunk. She kissed a guy. But like, No, that's that- what I mean, though. That's sort of cheating. Yeah, she did it on fucking purpose, dude. Come on, that's cheating. And then, like, yeah, she's like, he's like, oh, yeah, Judge Reinhold, fuck my fuck my pussy. And then, like, doesn't happen. And then she just insults him by basically saying, like, I wish you were at least a cripple. So at least I could empathize with the fact you can't get fucking hard, you piece of shit. Yeah, she just can't relate to the fact that he's thinking about his dad while they're fucking. Zandali is a fucking monster. Well, we'll hold off our discussion and opinions. I just got to get through this plot summary real quick. But Nicolas Cage, he comes on real hard to Zandali, and they begin an affair, but Zandali realizes that Cage isn't really what she's looking for either. So Zandali and Terry try to patch things up with a trip alone together in the bayou. Terry confides this to Nicolas Cage, who he is unaware is his cuckold. And before leaving... I'm sorry, did you say that Nicolas Cage is the cuckold? No, Nicolas Cage is cucking Teddy. Oh, okay, okay, yes, yes. Um, and uh, 
Cage, because Terry told him this, shows up in the same area on Zandali and Terry's retreat. So once Cage arrives, Terry re- realizes that it is he who was sleeping with Zandali, and he goes kind of crazy. He drives a speedboat recklessly while waving a gun around, and he ends up falling off the boat and drowns and refuses to be saved by either of them and ends up dying. So Cage and Zandali both become kind of distraught. They eventually try to begin their romance again, but they can't stop thinking about Tiri. And eventually, Zandali is accidentally killed by a guy who is trying to kill Cage because of Cage's drug debts. And she seems to kind of throw herself into the line of fire. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. So romantic as fuck. So here's the thing, right? I have a couple points. First off, once again, Zandali is a terrible person. And except for the fact that she gets raped, she deserves literally every bad thing that happens to her in this oh, movie. Oh, okay. Deserves Hold literally on here. all of it. No, here's That's the thing, a though. bit of a hot time. She doesn't no, deserve all no, of no, it. No, no, no. Listen, though. She is a needlessly cruel, awful person. Like, she is seriously. needlessly cruel. Cage is also needlessly cruel. And I agree with that, but I don't think you deserve to be raped and sexually assaulted. No, no I, said, and I, I said except for the rape. Yes, and I also don't believe you deserve to die for that. To be fair, though, <laughs> I mean, she's literally an asshole to fucking everybody in this movie, though. Kind of. She's Except just for her gay friend who, like, doesn't he, like, still, like, ins- doesn't she still, like, insult him? Gay friend played by Joey Pants from The Sopranos. Mm. Oh, she I um, I don't think she really insults him. No, he he kind of says to her like, but... like that she needs to open up more. All right, listen. Okay, she doesn't deserve to die. She doesn't deserve to get raped. But if she were to uh, live in a hole for the rest of her life and never leave, that'd be perfectly okay. Look, she um, is kind um, of being an asshole, and she is not. Yeah. She's certainly not in the morally and, correct position. And, and in also, this film, I'm sorry. Like the, the fact that like what really solved their relationship was just going on a fucking vacation. Because that's that literally is what a, happens. What a fucking bad idea. <laughs> they have they have a conversation about how things just aren't clicking and they both agree and they're 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 discussing how they can't even talk to each other anymore, uh, let alone have sex with each other. And so they decide to go on a vacation alone together. That, I mean, and guess what? That just solves the majority of those issues until fucking Nick Cage yeah, shows up. They're actually fine until Cage yeah. shows up. So here's that's true, so but here's it seems in, like a bad idea. It, it does instead, seem like oh no, kind of a bad it does, idea. But instead of her getting like cheating on fucking Judge Reinhold with several people, by the way, and basically, like, leading this fucking Two. double life, <laughs> but still leading this fucking double life behind her husband's back, lying to him the entire time. They literally could have been, oh, yeah, let's take a day trip. That would have solved all their fucking problems. Oh, it's, it's, like, what the fuck? Apparently, yes, both. it would have. But like, two, and one of them is just kissing, which, I mean. It's still cheating. It is still cheating. It is. She does it on purpose. If you aren't, if you aren't agreeing, you know, if you don't have something that you're discussing about beforehand, that is still cheating. The, but like, it is not as oh egregious as sleeping with someone Like, And that, that's why I think that Tommy Wiseau took the inspiration for the room for this movie, because in, in the room, she's also needlessly cruel to fucking Tommy Wiseau. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, like, this woman is a fucking monster. She's like a toxic piece of shit. And so is Nick Cage, obviously. Yeah, and like I mean, we should we should understand that. But at the same time, like, like, come on, girl, you got to take responsibility for your fucking self. 
She does have to take responsibility for herself a bit in here, and I would agree that she is a bit of a piece of shit in terms of, like, her rationalization of things and how things go on. But I will say that I don't believe Cage and her's relationship is completely consensual, and there no, is a bit of a threat is, of a force of violence well, that goes so there on there. Is a, there is that a is force kind of violence, fucked up. But also at the same time, like, here's the thing. Your husband is his boss— he like lives in a fucking shitty warehouse somewhere. He's a fucking drug user and a drug addict. Listen, talk to your husband. Get the fucking cops involved if it's really that bad. Instead of lying to him the entire fucking time. Yeah, I get that, but also like, it's on the route that she runs on, and also this is the '80s, and there weren't nearly as good protections. But for you still have to home. try a little bit, bitch. Like seriously, you should try a little bit more. And honestly, <laughs> a little harder. T- to me, and all also, I'm going like, to say literally, is it's clear to me this movie was written. Well, hold on. Let me look by this up so I don't put my. It was written. Man. I mean, it was directed by a man. Yeah, but also, like, you have to remember, like, it's written by this, Mary Kornhauser. This, this, oh god, Zandali R I. Yeah, uh, is uh, is getting fucking raped at their apartment for God. Like, she doesn't try at all. Like, bitch, put up a little bit of a fight. Fuck. Yeah, th- their relationship is... <laughs> no, it was written by a woman. Jesus Christ. Okay. To be fair, like, so, I mean, there, there are plenty of Stephanie Meyer-ass fucking women out there who love this shit, that's so... That's also true. That's also true. Um, uh, but their relationship is fucking horrible. <gasps> uh, <Awful>. and, uh, <laughs> like, and Terry, like, does nothing wrong. He's right. trying so hard. He's he, no, he's trying her. hard, but he's not trying that hard. He is but way he more focused. he doesn't deserve any of this. He's <laughs> focused on... He doesn't deserve this, no. He doesn't deserve <laughs> anything that's going on. And I feel for Terry. But also, like, he... He has some of the blame here in that he isn't focusing on his relationship. He's focusing oh, yeah, on I mean, his career. Totally fair, instead. but once again, Zandali's reaction is so Zandali, overblown. It's not yes, even funny. It's he like, has a right to be upset, but not... To her actions. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like bumping into somebody, like, on purpose and being like, oh, whatever, dude. And then you just stab that person. Like, that's the level of, like, well, you technically oh, were wrong, but you also, fair. like, fucked over someone horrifically. And that's because Zandali just, like, I mean, you know, I know there's obviously coercion with Nick Cage's character, but they fuck a lot. And yeah. we, to get oh, on the they point cheat of on each other a lot. To get on the point Have of, we of touched on the nutsack yet? Oh yes, and there there is a scene, I believe this is either no, this is I'm sorry, right before Nick Cage puts cocaine in Zandalee's pussy. Yeah, they, um, Nick Cage right crouches after, down and shows his nutsack for a split second, and I got a freeze frame of it. And to expand on that a little bit, they are having sex. And she stops and says, I can't do this anymore. His response is, yes, you can. And then he drugs her vaginally uh, after she says, I will not do drugs. Yes. And I've got to say, there are a lot of instances of Cage being really physically violent with her. I mean, he literally rapes her in the church. He does. There's there. Okay, like uh, to get on this point, Cage's sexual assaults like they don't get any less creepy with with, on a second viewing. In fact, they only get more creepy to me. Oh, they're they're fucked. Yeah, they're fucked. I mean, like. One thing I got to say is, to me, the, the foreplay in the rain by a gate thing that happened, that's kind of hot. I, I The situation in, a, in and of itself is kind of hot to me. But the context of it with him having grabbed her while she was running and just pulled her in and said, like, this is going to happen. This is inevitable. And then kissing her. Which is what really a rapist says. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really fucked up. And, like. And also, to, you said it's on her runs, right? Well, how about this? Uh, take a taxi or something. 
She's jogging for the sake of jogging. She I know, but to- at the same time, like I know, I know, I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not victim blaming here. But what I'm saying is like you have to try a little bit fucking harder. You're kind of victim blaming though. No, no, like, but here's the literally thing, right? she's jogging. No, like, she- I know, but once again though, either I know this is the '80s. Once again, like late '80s, early '90s. Try to call the police, see what they fucking do about it, and then if not, get your husband involved, and if nothing bad happens after that, then I, I don't know what to fucking do, but maybe going on the jogs where you constantly get fucking sexually assaulted all the time, there might be a problem going no, on. I get that. I do. <laughs> and Zandali obviously finds something attractive about this. I'm just saying Cage's yes. actions this, in this, this movie this are mulleted, bad. This mulleted, violent piece of shit man. Yes, there is. There, this whole thing is just fucked up. Their relationship is and, terrible. And listen, I'm not, and, I'm not trying to say at the end of the day that Nick Cage is a good person because he's objectively worse than Zandali, but Zandali deserves a lot of condemnation in this fucking movie. Zandali no, deserves condemnation, some condemnation. Right. She does. She, she, frankly, they, they deserve to wear more condoms in that nation. Because they, they are I think they're doing raw dog the entire movie. And, oh yeah. Cage looks like a NASCAR driver in this movie. He really he's looking like a I honestly daddy. gotta say, like, I don't think Cage looks that bad in this movie. I actually, the, he's, he's, he's pretty ripped. He's toned. I actually think his hair is okay. It looks mullet, better than it's his, a uh, fucking uh, mullet uh, almost. The mullet's back, baby. <laughs> and also, you know, it we, looks we, better we, than a hell of a lot of mullets I've seen, we, and it holds up better we, than a hell of a lot of mullets. We talk about, you know, I've Judge seen. Reinhold in this movie, Terry. Here's like, he looks bad too. He looks like Donald Pleasance if he was more of a pedophile. I honestly so. disagree a little bit here. I feel like Judge Reinhold looks, you know, he looks pretty okay. I, I like the stash. Like it's it's mostly the stash on. that's the problem. The stash, I, I, the, I like the stash on him. At the least. stash is pretty good, and like the way his hair is, where it's, I, I, I think he, he's a very attractive man. Also, I think it works, and he looks a hell of a lot better than he did in Fast Times at Ridgemont. Well, High. once again, though, he's that, like a full, full grown ass adult in this movie. Yeah, though. which I mean, I had a problem with because I, I like him a little bit more youthful. But. Jeez. No, and also, <laughs> also, I'm sorry. What are the accents in this movie? What is Tyrion's accent? Oh, they're all trying to do New Orleans accents. But they're all very miserably. We shit on Cage's accent a lot, but that is one thing I noted. I don't think we gave Judge Reinhold a hard enough time for his bad oh, New Orleans it's accent. It's a horrible, it's awful horrendous. accent. Horrible accent. Uh, everybody's and you know I'm, the funniest one to me is Zandali. She doesn't have the New Orleans accent for almost all of the movie except there's like one line and one scene where she suddenly slips into it and I'm just like this sounds bad and it sounds out of place and maybe you're trying to imply like this is her accent and she's been working to hide it but she like, slipped into a streetcar named Desire for a second there and I will say though once again I, I, I have shit on Zandali a lot but Nick Cage once again is a rapist yes at the bare minimum a sexual harasser but a literal rapist no, later no, no, on not just a bare minimum okay hold on no, I'm no, gonna say here no, the, it, it starts off as sexual harassment, and then it just becomes oh, rape. It starts That's what out I mean as sexual that, yeah. harassment, it becomes sexual assault, and then it becomes straight up rape. And this isn't like gray area rape where it's no, like, you know, where not. like she was yeah. drunk. This is literal violent assault yes. rape. He literally rapes <laughs> her in a confessional in a church. Yeah. Like, there's a straight up rape in this movie. So at the end of the day, even though Zandalee's a piece of shit, she's still a victim. Nick Cage is the perpetrator. We should acknowledge that. And also this Can movie... Can I just say that it's kind of funny that we just keep referring to his character as Nick Cage? Which really suggests that Nick <laughs> What's his Cage fucking name? Johnny or something? Like yeah. Once again, talk about Johnny, right? From fucking... Exactly. From the room. From yeah. the room. It's um, Johnny... Was character originally Mark? Is that... They just switched oh, the fuck. fucking names around? Johnny Collins. That's it. Johnny, Johnny Collins. Johnny Collins. And they call him Mr. Collins He plays times. for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but... <laughs> Ding. 
Oh, also, you know, there, there's another. We'll talk about funny things, right? Is that the with the speedboat thing is going on and the music is way louder than the dialogue? Yeah, it's like it's like no, blah, and you like just hear this fucking like dumb music, and it's like, listen, like where's the sound person to like edit this? Like the sounds stupid. Like they're yeah. really talking. I can't the, really comment on the sound design because I watched this through a torrent, and the torrent had some. Uh, weird apparently, the torrent's really bad because uh, my torrent's perfectly fine. Yeah. Fair, full disclaimer: I fucking bought like thirty copies of this movie uh, just to make <laughs> well, up for everybody who did it legally. Uh, how um, many VHS and DVD copies? Uh, Fourteen VHSs. Uh, don't own a VCR, uh, and the rest were all DVDs. Um, but what I was going to say is that. Um, something that you mentioned, I just want to amend a little bit. Um, when you said that uh, Zandali doesn't deserve anything that happens to her, um, I don't. I know. I well, said hold on, everything. Well, hold on. Okay. You said she doesn't deserve to die, and I just want to point out that we all deserve to die because we have a, we are a scourge on this planet, and uh, we are actively killing it you, every moment. Uh, that's okay. like you, you can't you can't trust in my self righteous suicide. Look, no so. one no one deserves to die. It is our when our, angels our shitty lot in life that we are born pushing a boulder up a hill and watching it roll back down every day, and that is the the fundamental absurdity of life. Yeah, no one um, and, no one and, should and, have and, to die, but no one should be allowed and, to live. Here's the thing: <laughs> Jess is using this as a justification for cheating on her future husband, Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Look, I, I have never cheated on anybody in a no, relationship. No, I haven't either. I, I think it's cheating. I will but, say that. Um, and I have not either. I've, 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 I've had plenty of people cheat on me. I, no, have I'm just been oh, I have been cheated on. I have never cheated on many times. I have been cheated on, and I have and, never cheated. I'm a and, good boy. And you know who the other man always was? Is Nick Cage. <laughs> oh shit! Look, we're uh, all scorn lovers here. Cage. We're all scorn. We've uh, all been cheated on, and I feel yeah. like you two are letting that cloud your judgment a little bit. No, no, no. For listen, me, I, I was cucked I, by a meth head, and I don't think anything's clogging my judgment right now. I'm and no, uh, no. Listen, I'm, I'm not letting it clog my judgment. I'm just saying that even though Zandali is a victim here, she should have more agency. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you and Nick Cage's nuts in this movie. Yes, <laughs> it, like, like we did mention Nick Cage's nuts, uh, particularly the ten seconds before he shoves cocaine in her fucking pussy. Yeah, you um, can see. Nicholas Cage's balls they're very shadowed you can't actually properly see them you more see the outline of them but if you are interested in Cage genitals they're here oh and they're also present. if you're really interested in Judge Reinhold and Nick Cage ass yeah there's yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. that in this movie oh and I will say like fucking Cage is in the best shape I've ever seen him in, in oh, any he's, he's, movie he's, yeah, except movie. for the hair he's pretty fucking hot in this movie and and Ooh. one thing I will say is that I I felt he, you know what he looks like he looks like the Chad version of Bill Hicks a little bit <laughs> Holy shit! He's Chad Hicks. <laughs> Chad Hicks. No, literally though. Like, look at look at him. He looks like Chad Hicks. Like seriously. Holy I gotta. Shit. He does. I don't see it. Well, especially when he's like wearing like the fucking like snakeskin boots and like the like the fucking like jacket with. But like, you're the talking about up. Bill Hicks right now as a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. So if y'all uh, are looking to see Bill Hicks as nuts. <laughs> But one thing I will say is that I felt kind of bad for the actress playing Zandali because she spent this entire movie just like laying there naked and or getting thrust on by. Yeah, she she spends this entire movie getting fucking raped and being naked and having things shoved up her pussy. Like I, this actress, like she must have like night terrors about. Yeah, this fucking I can't movie. imagine yeah. the filming of this movie being pleasant. Oh, no. Uh, so I can't imagine the pay being very high either. I feel like all around this movie is a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about tragedies, right? I mean, the fact that Steve Buscemi's barely in it. That's a good no. point. 
Oh my god, Steve Buscemi in this movie is my favorite part of this, and I'm sorry to cut you off. No, he's the best in. character. He is, he's so pointless. He has, he serves the no fact, purpose. Well, he has any but dialogue he is fucking is amazing. Well, I guess what? I this movie. <laughs> he's so pointless too, but like his only crime is stealing a TV that's already in the garbage anyway. Yes. Oh, oh and I want to say one thing I didn't notice. He's being used for slave labor. He is, yes. He's a fucking prison Labor. I didn't notice that the first time through, but on the back of his uniform, it says like New Orleans prison or something like that. Yeah, he's, he, he's a fucking labor. slave prison laborer. <laughs> this motherfucker. Steve Buscemi in this movie this, is a shining, here's uh, the shining star. This, this movie is a microcosm of all of society's problems. You have like fucking like, you know, ur- urban decay with the French Quarter looking like shit. You got Nick Cage being toxic and a rapist. The fucking victim not being able to do anything about it while still being a perpetrator of her own abuse a little bit. You got the nice guy, nice guy Judge Reinhold is only trying to be a nice guy and women always fuck him over. <laughs> and then you have Steve Buscemi just like constantly being abused by the fucking hey, y'all were talking system. about Elliot Roger last time, but this sounds more like Elliot <laughs> no, no, Roger. No, listen, I talked about, I'm talking about like, I prison, mean, he literally pulled rights. out a gun and started shooting randomly. Yeah, <laughs> but also you have to remember, that was after he had been cheated on a million times by his best friend. Uh, he got cheated on three times. I don't know how that best part relates to Elliot Roger, because I'm still like learning about the early part of his career. And also, oh, though, here's the thing, he's doing that as a career. <laughs> as a fucking... Here's the thing, he's, he's doing that as a lashing out, and he doesn't shoot anybody, he's just shooting a pea shooter in the air. That would, like I said, if you shot it at someone's head, the bullet would cave like, like, uh, like. Dude, you can kill someone with a 22. No, that, that <laughs> gun wouldn't kill a fucking squirrel. I'm sorry. It would no. kill someone. Can we just take It'd be a like a Colossus when you shoot a gun. I literally have a like 22 air gun upstairs. I'll right, shoot well, you in the head that. if you think you can survive. Yeah, put Dave, me out of my misery, on. bitch. Put, put me out of my misery. <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, murder is okay if there is consent. <laughs> and as long as they're above the age of 18. I'm sorry, Dave. We got heated. Go on. No. All right. All right. So that that is all I have to say. Um, And I will say, though, too, is that this entire second act, I was crying laughing throughout the entire second act because it's just so everything that happens is just so fucking monstrous. Yeah. All the like physical comedy in the church. (laughs) Oh, God. And also like Nick Cage Cage doesn't have a whole lot of freakouts, but he does have one reason that church and he just just before, of course, he rapes Andalee. So, of course, this is really, really funny. Of course, Uh, he has a freakout where he just rips his shirt open. He's got a chest. Look at me. And I'm like, okay, this movie is going to turn good. And then he rapes Andalee, and I'm like, okay, this movie sucks. I have a couple of things to say. One, I think I kind of touched on it already, but Steve Buscemi, best part of this movie. Oh, objectively, Um, yes. Talk about a microcosm of the world we live in. Uh, Rape, slave labor, and not enough Steve Buscemi. (laughs) And not enough Urban Decay either. Yeah. um, There is also some like transphobia and homophobia going on, too. I don't remember the transphobia. Well, transphobia, I think the whole joke is that he dresses up like a woman and is supposed to be funny. I think they're kind of making fun of that. If you viewed it that way, whatever. But I viewed it as like she was having a moment of connection with her friend who was wearing a dress to a ball. Oh no, I I I thought they were constant. At least for me, I felt like there was some transphobia going on there a little bit. I just felt like. and they, they also when, called him a. They also used an anti-gay slur when the uh, when he's like kicking those like drug users away from his. Yes, yeah. and when he was kicking that. the drug users away, I just kept thinking like this is um, the energy he used to kill Tony Soprano's horse. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there, there's a ridiculous amount of very gratuitous nudity in this movie. There is honestly no real reason for the amount. That is present. Absolutely but, not. Um, yeah. And also I will say too, uh, uh, there's a scene where, cause Nick Cage is an artist. He's an artiste. 
a really good artist. Uh, you know, the very common type of actual person that exists, a artist who lives in a warehouse, but who's also like a like a blue collar worker who's a rapist and a drug user. Those very common type of guy out there. You know, um, frankly, there are a lot of artist types that will gaslight you and do some weird shit. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, but, mean, they're, but they're usually like, they're usually like the, the children of petite bourgeois, not like like fucking rural proletariat or like, oh, like yeah. ur- urban proletariat. Not that, that. That's not a normal type of guy. I would say um, um, and he's all, just a typical character. Yeah. Um, there is and a also scene, looks like a redneck, but is also metropole. So a very normal character. There's a scene where Zandali does come home from the club horny and she tries to fuck... Um, Terry E, Judge Reinhold, who can't get it up or doesn't want to do anal. I can't really tell what's going on in the scene, but either way... He either didn't want to do anal or he just refuses to to do anything but missionary. I couldn't, yeah. like... Because they change positions and then he's like, I can't. Yeah. And I think he only does fuck her missionary. Yeah. But I- after that... Uh, she starts like masturbating and he looks at her and he's like, I can't fucking put up with this right now. And I'm kind of like, you know, I get it if you feel like you can't fuck, but like, let her rub one out. Well, like, no, yeah, yeah, rub one out for it. Like, <laughs> you can also, still like eat her pussy. You're also forgetting that he like, fuck, she like fucking woke him up out of a dead sleep. Like, I have sympathy for that shit. I, I don't know if he was dead asleep. He was laying there and he's like, mm. but he's trying to sleep and he's just like, yo, bitch, you fucking woke me up. Okay, no, I, that's fine. And then fine, you insulted cool. me. But, like, you, you wake me up bed. and insult me and well, fine. You want to masturbate if that's the compromise? I'm cool with it. Just fucking rub she one out. Also I don't give a shit if my partner Listen, masturbates no, next to me. That's kind of hot. She, she basically <laughs> like told him, like, oh, fuck me right away when he clearly can't already do that. Then insulted him and then masturbated while crying and looking at him. I can understand why he doesn't want to deal with that shit. I can un- totally. Okay, I forgot about the the. Because the paraplegic comment comes right before that, and that is pretty so, fucking there's weird. There's just, like, abuse but and toxicness yeah. all, with all that. So, you know what? I have full sympathy there for is Terry. Um, on that on that one situation, if, listen, if there's one time I would not be happy with my girl masturbating in my bed, that's the time. <laughs> okay? That's the one time. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, and also, uh, going on later in the movie, there's a scene where uh, uh, Nick Cage at the very end destroys all his art because he just can't handle the yes, fact that well, he accidentally killed his friend. Um and then he also uh, does all body blackface for some reason. <laughs> well, that's a classic Cage freakout. Frankly, he splatters a, a bunch out, of paint all over himself. That's like yeah. black paint while he's destroying and, all his art and, and throwing all his art supplies around. There's actually a deleted scene where he uh, gets out a webcam and starts uh, doing let's plays of Fortnite. Mm. After, after, uh, after that part, uh, to bring up this movie again, it's kind of reminiscent of the scene in the room uh, where uh, Johnny's about to kill himself, and he's like humping. Yeah, he's Lisa's humping the dress. dress. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's kind of like that. In, in, in where the belly button of the dress would be too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and one thing I will say, like, don't watch this movie. But, <laughs> um, no, I would not recommend this movie. For but. all the contentious and negative takes that are just flying about over this last hour, um, I really think it's important to note the fact that there was another movie this movie was pitted against, and this movie almost won unanimously. Yeah. So I think it's important to kind of pay attention to the fact that, you know... Left Behind is a really fucking bad movie. All right, so you know what, though? I, I, just, I just want to say uh, in defense of that episode, um, rape is terrible. It's not. It's also bad on screen. Doesn't need to be depicted. But also, Left Behind fucking blows. Left Behind was terrible. Um, but what Ugh. I was going to say was that don't watch this movie, but if you can, find the one scene where... 
Nicholas Cage shows up on their vacation, and he and Judge Reinhold uh, aggressively slow dance. Yes. Um, while just staring, staring each at other each other dead with in a, the you know, eyes. You know, fucking uh, ridiculous expression on their face. Yeah, wild. Here's the thing. I'm surprised this wasn't in the trivia, but uh, Nick Cage actually went to dance school and invented that dance just to do that scene with Judge Ryan. Uh, and he actually, he learned, um, even though it wasn't for his character, he learned how to fall off a boat and drown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually he actually uh, uh, tried it with several different people before they could get it right, and all those people are unfortunately dead. They were actually in the credits. Oh, okay. He lost a lung. I got to share a couple of lines I enjoyed. Um, right before Cage's freakout, he yells to a prospective art buyer, In 75 years, you'll be fucking dead, and I'll be standing next to Picasso! And By the way, that's, so that's, that's, dead too, that's not a saying. random person. That's Zach Galligan, who's the main character from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Zach Galligan, um, I liked him in The Hangover. Huh. I was about to ask. Wasn't that the hangover guy? Come on. Um, <laughs> another quote I liked is, I want to shake you naked and eat you alive. Uh, that's what Nick Cage says to Zandali, right? And you like that one yes, because... Yes, he did. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. You, uh, whatever. You, you know, someone wants to shake me naked and eat me alive, well, like, fuck that's it. That's the thing is that Jess really loves, like, con, non-con, so... I don't know. I, I don't know what that meant exactly, but oh, I, I have a bottom streak. It's like sometimes. she likes being raped, but not really. Oh, God. Okay. This BDSM, <laughs> that's the joke. BDSM, of course, stands for yeah. Big Dick Sex Machine. Um, also, a line shared between Cage and Reinhold that was obvious in Yuendo that I don't know if anyone caught, but Cage was eating a, a piece of fruit. And oh, he yes. said, you want to share my peach? And ah. Judge Reinhold said, no, thank you. Very directly enforced. That's the thing I will say is um, that uh, I think the problem with Judge Reinhold in this movie is that he's literally, he's basically asexual. Uh, well, he's yeah, a lot of I mean, ace energy going on there. That's that's possible for sure. But I, I, there's also the a part uh, kind of similarly where uh, Nicolas Cage is um, describing, I think, eating pussy. Um, and saying that, like, when that thing comes at your face like a freight train, uh, and he kind of trails off. And But just that description of uh, oral sex is fantastic. Oh, God. Oh, th- this, this movie was quite a watch, and I'm glad we had quite a lively conversation about all the details of this movie yeah. and some disagreements. This movie is a fucking weird movie and a strangely contentious movie. And I will say, if you really are hard, watch this movie because you're going to come really quick. You know, I'm talking about come, come in 60 seconds. This, You'll easily come in 60 this seconds. This movie's one big try not to bust challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, I was going to say, if you don't mind, Jess, can we get into the reviews? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if Dave has a summary. Here oh, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, Dave, do you have a summary of Zandali again? I do. One moment. Alrighty. I hope he gives a summary of the country of Zanzibar. Or, or the Halo map, Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah, that too. I hope he does her uh, Xanadu. Me and you should totally go out and hit it tomorrow. We, me and you, totally hit the hills. We will blaze all that powder. Is it another fucking Fensler <laughs> film thing? Get your, your, your new canoe and just like, we'll go. Yeah, I know, Just do it. Cheers to awesome, awesome snowboarders, man. <laughs> What's up, man? I thought I'd never see you, man. Where? God damn it, attacking again. I thought... Okay, here it is. Hear me out. Okay. I got this idea. And, like, what it is, is that we, like, 
go around the world, like me and you, and we just like hack. All right. Just a homo. <laughs> that, well, I mean, that was a pretty good description, if you ask me, dude. That was that was really good plot synopsis. Holy, That's, I, I find shit, it interesting. That was a fantastic in, plot synopsis. In the movie that Nick Cage is a homo, in the movie where he objectively has the most straight sex that an individual can have in an hour and a half runtime. I mean, runtime. homos can have straight sex. <laughs> I, what the fuck. I guess, yeah, I'm a fucking... I'm I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Nick Cage has very straight man sex, and that is a very not a positive descriptor. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you all want to hear the hack part again? <laughs> um, I, I, I'll know. listen to the episode back, I think. Yeah. Um, we can listen to two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I got... I do have a few uh, reviews here. Um, I don't have many because... Uh, this is actually kind of funny. There were 69 reviews on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, that's the uh, sex number. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them uh, incoherent. And there um, were 420 reviews for... No, for, uh, 420 people it, found this helpful. Right? And, and, and just to be clear, Mike, you got all these from the VHS section, right? Um, I mean, there was a lot of people talking about the VHS version. <laughs> um, okay. So... Yeah, um, I got a review from Riley who says, uh, love it. If you want to watch some softcore porn featuring Nick Nicolas Cage, then this is it. Love it. Five stars. <laughs> I mean, not uh, wrong except for the five star part. See, a lot of people would call this softcore porn as like an insult, but uh, Riley wanted to clarify that uh, that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't know how softcore putting drugs up a woman's pussy is, though. He didn't uh, actually see the penetration. It may not even actually occur, I, I, I which I believe is the definition of Listen, I, I've seen some hardcore porn that is less hardcore than this fucking movie. Uh, that's true. And that's I saw some sex. Nick nuts in this movie. Yeah, yeah well, you, you do see Nick's, Nick Cage's nuts for like a frame, yeah. Um, I got a interview from... Oh, shit. This interview Jeff, must be from Jared Leto. Oh, because uh, his username is Joker Man. Oh, no, it's Joke Man. Um, uh, he wrote a review uh, and says, Nicolas Cage overacts at times, but it's worth it for Erica Anderson's nudity. Five stars. <laughs> Fine. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Valerie writes, fantastic. This movie is fantastic. I cried at the end of this movie. Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor in the world. Five stars. Okay, that last part's true. Everything else is stupid. Uh, and I, I just have one more uh, review from Robert Walker, who says, Waiting to watch. Four stars. Waiting to watch it? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that was a very informative review. Thank you very much. Uh, her, was it George Herbert Robert Walker Bush? <laughs> Appreciate it. So, basically, if you like this movie, you liked the nudity? If you like this movie, you like a sex. Um, and... I will say this movie did teach me how to fuck. Mm -hmm. um, and so I can't be mad about that. Um, and that's the thing you might not know, too, is that when you watch this movie, you learned how to fuck. We fuck. We fuck now. We fuck now. Um, um, so. yeah. I will say perhaps this movie would have been great to watch back in the day before porn was so readily available. But at this yes, point, it, you it, can just find anything on your, you know, if you're gonna look at porn, just go on OnlyFans. It's the best way to support porn stars and uh, people like. And that. I, I feel, I feel like as well as that, if back in the early days before, like the concept of rape culture was understood, mm -hmm. this would would have been a good movie to watch as well. 
Yeah, maybe before the concept of rape was fully understood. Yes. Um, before the concept of yeah. consent well, the, existed. The concept uh, of rape didn't exist until, I think, around 95, so. That's true, yeah. That's why it was okay. Uh, and, and believe it or not, consent wasn't real until, like, 1997 or so. Yeah, I mean, so, if it's real. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. We're not going to get into that debate. Okay. Yeah. That's a debate for another okay, episode. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's a debate for the face-off um, episode. Um, but yeah, uh, so should we vote or should we, I think we should vote. How do we do this? Suppose we're supposed to vote now. So Dave, Um, do you want to do the countdown? Uh, all right, cool. Not even for Dave's favorite movie. Okay. (laughs) Well, remember though, he's, he's the tiebreaker. So Jess, would you like to count us down? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I'll count Uh, you down. I'll count it. Three, two, one kick ass. How about you, Jess? Wow. Aaron yeah, I said kick ass. Oh, you did? Okay. Wow. Then, uh, w- yeah. In this movie. Somehow I thought you yeah. two were going to team up against me and just vote Sandily further on. You know, I don't want to watch I, this shit again. <laughs> I don't either. You've already watched it twice now. I only had to watch it once. And I'm I'll like, never kill again. Myself. Listen, even though I was laughing really hard throughout the entire second act because of how stupid and gratuitous it was, I don't want to watch this movie again. This movie made me really mad. I so mean, you can imagine how bad Left Behind was, right? I think Left Behind would be more enjoyable. Saying. Oh my god, you have to see Left Behind then. <laughs> like, we'll do a bonus I mean, episode where we make Taylor pay watch I Left Behind. I of Pay the Ghost. Let's do a Left Behind versus the, Pay the Ghost Pay the episode. Ghost isn't the fucking worst movie we've seen. Well, <laughs> you're forgetting about 211, which is the worst movie that we've <laughs> 211 seen. 211 is one of the worst ones. I, I don't know. <laughs> I go back and forth. It would be worse than fucking... Left Behind, though, could it? Sunny, well, see, Left Behind, I almost can't consider the worst movie because I can barely consider it a movie. That's <laughs> fair. I mean, it's it's like part one of like 15, so. And, and, like, no, it literally doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like a fucking, it doesn't even like feel like student film quality. Like it's the type of shit that they play on the fucking big screen at mega churches in between fucking sermons. Yeah, it's like I mean that's literally what Left Behind is though. Yeah, if they go, <laughs> if they go to a church and they're doing a drive-in, it's like Left Behind and God's Not Dead. Listen, too. If, if there's if you have a remake of a fucking um oh god what's uh, uh Kirk Cameron movie, you know you fucked up. You remade a Kirk uh, Kirk Cameron movie. Hear it out. Hear me out though. Kirk Cameron Crow. <laughs> oh yeah. What well, about Kirk he's a, Hammett though? That thing's you know, Kirk counting Cameron Crow to Kirk Hammett, though. Uh, speaking of Kirk Hammett, I saw, uh, I know we're, we should wrap up, but I'm just going to drop this in real quick. I saw uh, one of those uh, people with a time machine memes the other day, and it was like uh, men with a time machine, and uh, they they were switching the, putting Kirk Hammett in Cl- uh, Cliff Burton's seat on the bus. Oh, uh, God. Let's do Lars Ulrich instead. No, why no, not Lars? Oh, no, that's what it was. It was Lars. Never mind. Wait, okay. the good that, one that of those is where that's... they're both killing Ronald Reagan in Minecraft. Um, and that's, I mean, I'll kill him in Minecraft, out of Minecraft. Oh, uh, shit. So, but without, with all that due, Zandali finally gets knocked out, deservedly. Damn. Yeah. Hate to see it go, but I love to watch it leave. <laughs> just like Zandali. Um, <laughs> so, just to be clear, none of us knew that... Zandali was fucking Zandali before Zandali, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, no, hear me out. Like, we had the we had basically what was like religious propaganda versus Zandali. That's true. Did anybody know that Zandali was like basically like a softcore porn rape? I didn't fest? know anything about Zandali at all. I didn't know a goddamn thing about Zandali. No. 
uh, before I watch that. Because that is fucking kind of hilariously convenient. I mean, almost and as convenient as fucking Left Behind's plot. Basically, I've made it my mission to raise awareness about Zandali, um, and just make sure that nobody... Uh, I want people to know about it so they don't watch it. Yeah. I told I told all my friends to watch Zandali, though. Just, yeah. just so they know what not to do when trying to have sex with a woman. And, yeah, and that's all, a, that all includes just shoving drugs up a woman's <laughs> Probably best that uh, Zach is no longer with us because... Uh, he fucking loved this shit yeah. too much. He it just loved weird. sex, right? That he was loves sex, uh, and he loves fucking fucking. Yeah. Um, so before we leave, the next episode will be Red Rock West versus Trapped in Paradise. Hell yeah, Trapped in Paradise fucking rules. Trapped in Paradise is a returning winner, uh, <laughs> and then quotation marks that went winner. against the runner. A very a very well- bad movie. <laughs> But you know what? Trapped in Paradise fucking rules, brother. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned for those winners for sure. Yes. And um, but yeah, that's all we have to say to you about Cage Fight today. Watch those movies and join us next time. And uh, we love you listeners, loyal listeners. And Um, uh, and fuck out of here. Here's the thing. This is Taylor signing off. Fight the good fight. Uh, Zandali, worst movie of all time. Uh, Retweet all my tweets, please. I'm, I'm feeling lonely. Yes, just follow me. Bye bye. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, Solid work. Hey, Solid solid work. work. This has been a solid work production.